0: Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. Today's guest, Marcellus Wiley, ex-NFL player, current Fox Sports 1 media personality. Uh, I've known Marcellus Wiley for years. He is someone who is very outspoken, very opinionated on a great many things. Um, And now he is on the show Speak for Yourself with Jason Whitlock on the show. They cover a bunch of different topics that range from sports to politics. Uh, to pop culture. So I wanted to get Marcellus on here and have a very spirited debate with him on the current culture of the NFL, about his NFL career. We didn't too much debate that, he just talked a little bit about it. Um, But more specifically about his feelings towards Colin Kaepernick. Um, I think it would be fair to say that Marcellus Wiley uh, has been one of Colin Kaepernick's loudest critics in all kinds of different ways, both from the kneeling itself uh, to uh, the current um, sort of schism, I guess you would say, between Colin Kaepernick and Jay-Z. I am one of Colin Kaepernick's loudest supporters, and I remain that. Uh, so it was interesting to me to get Marcellus on the podcast to discuss what exactly his problem with Kaepernick are, and Eric Reed and Kenny Stills, and any of the players that are choosing to um, to, to protest in the way that they are. <clears throat> I wanted to do that. Because I wanted to have a rational conversation with a guy who I've known for a long time, who I consider to be a rational black man. Figure out why we are on uh, different sides of this a very fundamental issue to me. Um, it was a great, very spirited, a long conversation. Get ready for a little bit of a longer podcast than what you might be used to. Um, and it produced something that's very important. It produced no enemies. No enemies were made, although uh, disagreements uh, were had. Uh, I think it is incredibly important to protect Colin and Nessa. Um, Marcellus Wiley doesn't think so. Um, That's a conversation that's happened in barbershops all over America. We had it here on the Red Pill. It was a good talk. He also talks about his time in the NFL and about his very controversial uh, co-host, Jason Whitlock, um, and why so many members of the black community um, have a problem with Jason Whitlock and whether or not those people are right or wrong. So, possible pills. We're gonna get into that. Before we do, though, <clears throat> I want to say something real quick. uh, uh shout out to all my white friends out there. Shout out to you guys. Um, you guys, uh, we talk. You hit me up. You, 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 you're, 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 you're white, but you're okay. I love you guys. Have a lot of friends from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, but it's it's it's. It's, uh, I'm shouting out my white friends because I put a lot of pressure on the white people. And, um, uh, you know, my white friends, you're, all, you're there for it. A lot of the allies out there is very important. I will say one thing, though, and this is very important uh, for me to say. I had a, a homeboy of, of mine, and he was of the, the uh persuasion. Um, hit me up recently, and it's like, man, what's this whole deal with, um, with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL? And I explained it to him as, I, as best I could. Uh, then he hits me up a little later. He says, Van, what's this whole deal with Popeyes and Chick-fil-A? And I explained it to him as best I could. He hit me up this past weekend. He asked me about something else. And I said, no. No more. I'm not explaining anything anymore. I'm not your nigga Cliff Notes. Okay, first of all, I'm not even the best resource for that. This goes to anybody who is not black. If you want to learn about the black experience in America, James Baldwin, Toni Morrison, Alice Walker, Tenahisa Coates, Spike Lee, Bill Duke, there are so many people that you can learn it from that have been so eloquent for such a long time. Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Edgar Evers, Angela Davis, Banyard Rustin. So many people from the past and the present. Cornell West, Michael Eric Dyson, DeRay McKelson so many people out there that you could go and look at what they've done to get Louis Farrakhan. So many different people. You can get all different types of the black American experience. Go and do the work. I'm not doing that anymore. Listen, I'll have the conversation with anyone. I love talking about my people. They're beautiful. But as far as summing it up, and giving it to you? No. Go do the work. Dive into it. Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter anyway, because all we do is explain the same shit over and over and over again. You know, it's the same cycle. Christmas and the holiday season is coming. We know that when the holiday is coming, uh, that means that white people are going to fuck up. And sometimes they don't want to even try. It's going to be. Christmas coming up, I bet you this Christmas there's going to be a problematic headline like how Kim Kardashian invented Kwanzaa or something like that. She's going to celebrate Kwanzaa and then she's going to have started Kwanzaa. Okay, we got a little bit of the summer left before it's over. I guarantee you a white woman will have invented box braids. Then what happens is after that happens, somebody comes to me and they go, "Fan, explain to us why. Kim Kardashian didn't really invent Kwanzaa or Van, explain why it's not okay to say that some uh, uh, Caucasoid lady made box braids okay. Then we explain it, you forget it, and you do the same shit again. What I'm saying is, for anybody, not just white people, black people, all cultures, if you want to really understand a different cultural perspective, take the time to dive into that culture. Not just from what you read or watch, try a diverse set of opinions from all over that sort of cultural sphere. Do the work though. Cause you don't have to continue to do it. If you're around real people, listening to real people and the luminaries from that spot, you'll get an understanding of it. As for me, not the nigga Cliff Notes anymore. I can't tie it up in the boat. I, it's, I got too much other stuff to do. Okay, it's I, I I love I love we can talk we can be pals. We talk about the issues as far as explaining to you. I'm not even qualified to do that. There's no one black man that's qualified to do that. There's no one one black woman. Actually, that's not true. Um, black women probably could do it. They then you know they explain. They're good at that. Yeah, but. I don't even know if you guys want it from them because they're going to give you the real a little bit too much and then your fucking head's going to pop. They're going to look at you. Well, I tell you what. I'll tell you about the problems your people created. That's how it's going to go. And I don't know if you guys really want that. But, yeah, black women probably could. There's very few things they can't do. Um, but uh, uh, don't do it to me no more. Okay? We can I'll, We can talk about other things. All right? Like, we can talk about stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing we can talk about. Uh uh, one of my white homeboys, he, uh, this past weekend, he built a birdhouse. Let's talk about that. That's some shit that none of my black homies would ever do. If they did do it, they definitely wouldn't tell me about it because I put the drive on your ass, Spend your whole Saturday building a birdhouse. Talk to me about birdhouses. Or little baby bird baths or something like that. Little stuff like that. You know, you're back in the garden, you're doing shit. That's the white shit that we could talk about. Don't ask me about my culture anymore, though, because I'm sick of it. It's been nearly 40 years of this. So I love you, but no more Cliff Notes. Not here. Not for me. All right. Peace. Love you guys, though. Love you. All right. Marcellus Wiley um, is coming up real quick. Before we get to Marcellus Wiley, I would like to say something else. Uh, Marcellus Wiley says in this podcast, this is going to be really quick, uh, at, at a certain point he says that Colin Kaepernick has had offers from uh, – opportunities from a lot of different NFL teams. And for some reason, he's either squandered those opportunities or he's turned them down. That is a narrative that I am hearing all over the place that Colin Kaepernick has had offers to play on NFL rosters or opportunities, and he's either squandered those opportunities or turned them down. That is Marcellus's take. That is some, something that's going around. I would like everyone to know before this podcast even starts that the people that I talk to, that are close to Colin Kaepernick and that are in the know about his situation with the NFL as it relates going back to 2016 are adamant that that is untrue. They are adamant that Colin Kaepernick has not been offered a tryout, not been given the opportunity to actually uh, play on the team or sign with the roster. He has never turned down an opportunity. There have been no opportunities and that he is being blackballed. So you're hearing that a lot of different places. You're hearing those rumblings come out a lot of different places. It's interesting that they're coming out now. But the, the sources that I've talked to that know this situation intimately are adamant that that is not the case. All right, we're out of here. Pop some pills. Good podcast with Marcelo Wilder. White people, clap for Marcelo Wilder.
1: That's messed up. You do them like that still, huh? I, I, I heard your boy get at him and say, why don't you make everyone clap? <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> that was one time
0: for David Yellowo. I don't get that. that. Everyone, no, you, nah, because we're we doing it. White people, once again, clap for Marcellus Wiley. And Mexican, Crystal.
1: And Mexican, huh?
0: Yeah. Um, no, but we were talking about... Here you go, my brother. We were not talking not. about Max and Marcellus. We just, I know, obviously, you've moved on to, good pla- uh, to bigger places. Yeah, but that's yeah. where a lot of people first Got to know the uh, the, the media side
1: of ourselves right? Right, that's
0: where a lot of people first got to know.
1: Well, them. yeah, I mean, if you uh, later to the game, like it was a local radio show that just went maybe international in terms yeah. of its popularity. Um, but I was in the game, I retired in 06, 07. So I've been on ESPN, but it's weird, like when you do TV, you don't hit them in the same places as you do if you do radio. How so, do you mean? like when you do radio, people are so in tune and so intimate with the experience because it's just, you're coming through the ears directly to the brain where there's not this overload of sensories. Like when you're on TV, they looking at your Tide and they looking at, oh, is his makeup messed up? Is he looking at me right? right. Before they even really digest what you just said. Radio, man, it, just it, it, it distills that. It right. just gets it down to the, to the finite details of like, boom. Yeah, I'm talking right to you.
0: You know one of the first times that I really realized that maybe I could do this a little bit more was because I called into y'all show. Mm. I called into y'all show and I forgot what exactly we were talking about. We were, somebody had said the n-word or something like that. Uh-oh. And I called into your show and I was and I was I was talking to Max and whenever you can make Max Shut up. Ha, you won. You won. You won. Whenever you can make Mac shut up, you won. it. he yeah, listened dude. to me. And then I got off the phone. Right. And Mac said something like, we can't let call this filibuster. This, fil- You know me. I'm going to talk a lot. So right, I right. The whole thing. Right. So let's talk about where you are now. I am. Speak for yourself. FS1. Whitlock and Wiley. Right, right. Jason. Look at your face. Fucking.
1: Yo, boy, you've been on here before me, yeah, and, and really? I'm your boy. You've been to my crib. We've hung out for real officially. I thought you was my dog, and then Whitlock on the show before me. But I'm going to let you live.
0: Whitlock, I just had to get that out the way with Whitlock. Um, th- th- there's so many opinions about Jason Whitlock, and obviously I obviously have my
1: own. I got mine, too.
0: What do, what do you find about Whitlock? How do, like, hmm. There's a lot of people who think that Whitlock is – a troll. Some people that say he is an attack dog for the status quo, the establishment, Damn. a white man, if you will. Okay, let's go there. Let's go there. I wore this shirt on purpose. You wore keep it.
1: Keep it. Keep it 100. Keep it
0: 100. We got to talk all the way through this. Your thoughts about Jason Whitlock? It seems as if he has a lot of negative things to say about very prominent black.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I can understand if you try to piece, mildus together. You're going to look at it and say, "Damn, he coming at brothers like that." Yeah. But one thing. Let me start our way from the beginning. I knew Jason Whitlock, just a prominent journalist. He, I mean, hate him or love him, you got to right. give him his, his props. He got stripes on, Great. you know. So uh, being an active player in the league, I heard about him, and, you know, he would take his shots, and probably the stories where he was actually applauding the players, people just glazed over. So. Okay. Uh, I remember he wrote a story about Sean Taylor that I disagree with, and this is when I was in the blogosphere and being a, a player, so I wrote a response, and uh, we were on the opposite side of that story. But fast forward.
0: What was the story about Sean Taylor? Do you
1: remember? Um, uh, to paraphrase, I think, like, Sean Taylor's life, lifestyle, Kind of contributed to him being in the position and the predicament he was rest to peace, ultimate, sure. rest in peace, yeah. to ultimately his demise and, and him being deceased. And I disagree with that based on the uh, situation. Um, but Max and I always loved Jason, respected him. He was an original thinker. He came on our show before. So I had this healthy respect for him because, one, I hate the echo chamber. I hate when I go somewhere and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why am I around, y'all? Nobody's challenging my thoughts. No one is layering my thoughts. No one is combating my thoughts so I can get to a higher ground, higher place. That's why Max and I work. Even though we have similar interests and backgrounds, we look at them completely different, and we were able to always find unique ground. So I respected Whitlock for that. So he comes on a few times. I was like, whatever. You fast forward to when my contract is up, just like a normal football sports contract at ESPN, and I was getting recruited by other other, uh, entities in the business. So Fox is obviously one of them. And Whitlock and I start breaking bread. And You know the
0: business Fox at that time and at this time was rolling out that
1: bread. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. (laughs)
0: Fox Fox is making a move. They're being competitive. So they recruited a lot of big-time talent. Shannon Sharp, um, Skip Skip Bayless,
1: Bayless, Colin Coward, Jason Whitlock.
0: Whitlock, So they got a lot of guys. Throw
1: my name in there now because, you know what, damn right, all OASPN, you know, we all over there, mustard on the beat, bro. So we Mm -hmm. trying to eat. And um, (laughs) it's funny, Jason is this, everybody gets it, but I understand when it's your own and you get it, it feels different. Duh. You know, the truth hurts, especially when you know that person, when you feel like you have something shared in your experience. So, Wetlock is very principle-based. Like, raised in the church, daddy told him no excuses no matter what. And um, I don't think his politics are conservative, necessarily. I don't know his politics, to tell you the truth. I know his viewpoints are very principle-based. Loves football, loves family, loves the church. Um, And if you don't come at him in those respects... You' gonna have issues. So he reminded me of the dudes that used to grow up on our block, the the older uncles, the ones mm-hmm. I had. Oak uncles that was in the streets, that was lively, you know, riding around Nissan trucks and trying to floss on Crenshaw. Then I had older uncles who was just looking at us, shaking their head every day, like, mm-hmm. "Boy, what y'all doing?"
0: Y'all living that lifestyle. Y'all li- yeah, it's the same. Yeah, y'all living that certain lifestyle. Right. It'll get you nowhere but the pen, boys. Right. And it's gonna yeah.
1: catch up to you. So that's Whitlock, man. In a nutshell, uh, principle based doesn't matter who you are, you're going to get it. And I really respect him because he's fearless. He goes there, and he backs up his viewpoint Mm -hmm. with his facts. Now, his facts are, like all of our facts, based on experiences and you out there actually looking into what's reality and what's supported by numbers or other objective measures, like all of us. Mm -hmm. We always forget that part of this is your lens, how you see it, how you perceive it on top of all the objective facts. So I respect him because every day he puts in the work and every day he's going to come with his unique opinion. I, opinion. I think
0: my issue with him is that I see the criticisms that he has against white a, uh, white athletes or white people in sports mm-hmm. as being more based around the game. And some of the criticisms it seems like he has with black athletes, uh, besides the thing that he wrote about Serena Williams back in the day, oh, yes. like, you know, you know what I mean? has to do more with things that are – outside of the game. Like you like when you talk about LeBron James and you assert or you accuse LeBron James of making his kids basketball game about himself. That speaks directly to the heart of not just LeBron as a person, but as a dad. Mm. Because if you're telling me that a dad would go to a kids basketball game and want to make that kids basketball game about him, you're essentially saying that he's a defective father. Like, in, 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 you and and That's
1: know. a leap right there, but I'm going to give you that. I mean, that's how you received it. Well, if
0: you, if you're, if, To me, you're a bad dad if you go to your kids' game and you make it about you.
1: Well, let's be real about this. Um, to me. So, that's, so that's,
0: so one, lens, that's my lens.
1: One, um, I don't protect my co-hosts. I go at Max. I go at Michelle Beatle. I go at Whitlock if they deserve it on air, if you Why watch. Yeah. And certainly, in these situations, I respect them fully, but I will tell the truth. Um, don't look at me, y'all. One... Uh, don't look at this picture of me through that frame. Like right. I, I, it's funny I know that comes with the territory, yeah. but everyone looks at you through that frame. Yeah. I know you get that from TMZ. Like they look at you through uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm not even saying I'm not even saying right. don't keep doing it. <laughs> right. Just just acknowledge that's what you're doing. Yeah, right. Now let's talk about a, a dad who goes to a game. cause I eye roll every time I'm out with my little man and his activities. Mm-hmm. Because there's not only a dad who's doing too much, Uh there's a mama doing too much, and there's a coach living vicariously through a four-year-old. I see it all day. Now, I'm not taking shots at you, but don't act like there is not a huge population of people who are not trying to live through the next. These are kids that look like lottery tickets, at minimum, a scholarship, and LeBron doesn't need any of that. But the same eye roll I give to a dad that I'm like, damn, why is he on the court? Damn, why is he yelling? Damn, why is he, like, taking attention away from his son? Is where LeBron maybe stepped over that line. I love LeBron saying, "I'm a part of this team," like
0: a superstar just getting in the layup line. One of these kids that was doing it. it, it right, was, right, right, right. And so I talked. To I the, love that. I talked to the director of the tournament, and they said that as far as the people there, they dig that. They yeah. love that. It, draw, it draws eyes to their tournament, mm-hmm. and LeBron is so engaged. And especially when you look at that type of story. With a brother who didn't have that and longed for it. Yeah. To me, sometimes when I'm looking at that, I'm like, let's say you feel annoyed by that. Why use a national platform to shoot at a man for father and kids?
1: Well, look, let's not also validate overcompensation. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we understand, LeBron, you didn't grow up with that. But we can't let everything you do that's in excess just be validated by, oh, you didn't grow up with that. Right. Like, there is equilibrium here we got to respect. Right. And LeBron did this the year before. This is why I tripped off of. Because I, I live in this world of sports and entertainment. Got yeah. to, got to do my research. I'm a nerd. I love my computer. Mm-hmm. He did this in 2018. Nobody said a damn thing. Mm-hmm. It comes out in 2019 because his likability suffered. You come to the Lakers, first thing LeBron does is land. <laughs> he says, Hey man, come to my Blaze Pizza in Culver City or wherever. Ah, uh, you know, Laker fans. Right. He, did he show up? No. No, he didn't. Okay, so <laughs> okay, right. and they already like,
0: What up, dog? You in LA? You ain't Kobe, right. and you already over here flaking? <laughs>
1: yeah. Then they started. Well, by, by the
0: way, if you know LA, flaking. Oh. It's perfectly okay and acceptable in L.A. It's something that, that lets you know that LeBron was actually being being a part of the culture here, flaking is Nah,
1: street. depends on what side of Wilshire you oh, are. Oh, what up? Okay. Okay, you can't flake on that side. You know nah, what I'm saying? Nah, Don't go south. Nah. So, anyway, exactly. um, he did that. Then you knock Kobe. Then they hit the murals up. Mm-hmm. And then they had a, a press conference. And then they they had the the team... Celebration, he flaked on that on the owners. And like the owner, Genie mm-hmm. Buss, like, yo, LeBron ain't at our damn mm-hmm. holiday party. So people started looking at LeBron a little sideways. Then he goes out there and gets hurt, longest injury of his career. The Lakers don't make the playoffs. He's trying to trade for Anthony Davis, blah, blah, blah. All he's saying that is because now your likability. So many people need to look at sports through the likability lens when it comes to media. Mm-hmm. If they like you, guess who's writing these stories? Someone who likes you. All it's going right. to be glowing. They didn't like LeBron in that moment. The same thing he did the year before, they just snoozed right by it, because he was still LeBron, went into the finals, was balling. Come to the Lakers, underperform by expectations. Mm-hmm. Bah, 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 bah. So I'm not blaming Whitlock. I'm not blaming individuals. I'm blaming that the climate change for LeBron. And this is what you expect when you're coming down the ladder in someone's eyes.
0: Whitlock been on his ass for a while, though. Whitlock, oh yeah, that's Whit- real. Whit- Whitlock got on on him for doing an equality commercial. Damn. We can't celebrate equality. LeBron did equality. You're not equal, LeBron. You're a six-foot athlete. You're just trying to promote equality. Anyway. You but, but that's But, but you, you guys got a great show. Uh, um, I Obviously, those two perspectives are, are dueling yeah, yeah. Um, at, at times. Do, do you ever find yourself in – do you agree with Whitlock more than what you thought that you would? Now that you know him on a human level, do you have a different opinion? I mean, you knew him before, but now right. that you work with him, right. do you have a different opinion of him? Uh, before you went in to speak for yourself,
1: no, I don't agree with them more. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have a greater respect for our disagreements because oh, you know put that. you know you humanize anything like mm-hmm. that's the beginning of racism and discrimination. Is I don't know you, so mm-hmm. no matter what you're going through, your plight eh, not processing it because you're not a human to me, but as football has done for me when I put my hands in a huddle and finally saw a white hand. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, I don't even see a white hand at home, Mm. at the crib, Mm -hmm. in my my hood. And I see one in this huddle. Where are you from? Mm -hmm. What's up with you? Talk to me. And all of a sudden, you don't look at things so much for the differences as some of the similarities. So it may come out like assimilation or selling out or changing and compromising. But what happens is you humanize your differences. Mm -hmm. And so I disagree with him a lot. Like, if you watch the show on a daily, if I had to keep a scorecard, it's probably six or seven disagreements. But what we do, like what Max and I did, is we ain't sitting up here shooting. We're, sports talk turned into, like, combative talk. Like All talk turned into that. No, no, no. Not speak for yourself. That's why it's called speak for yourself. I know what I'm saying, but most okay, talk right. now yeah, yeah. has turned into yeah.
0: combative talk.
1: Because you get the boom. People want to click into the drama. Yeah. It takes away the drama from their world and puts it on you, and I want to hear y'all get it. Pull this tug-of-war rope. Yeah. But Max and I were able to layer. You disagree, I disagree. We had arguments about ants versus roaches on yeah, our yeah, show, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. blew up right. because we disagreed, but we were like, we're going to build this thing into something. Well, Whitlock, when I disagree with him, I make sure that I keep my eyes on the prize of trying to build to a new space mm. that incorporates everybody out there watching, not just my side or
0: his side. When you hear people say that he's an Uncle Tom, oh. do you think mm-hmm. that that is true? No. Um, Uncle Tom, sellout,
1: coon. When you say those words to me or to anybody I know, or it just leaves your mouth. Immediately I say... Can you dismiss yourself from the grown person's table? Like 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 grandma used to say, "Boy, sit your butt down." Like I say that because you've run out of ammunition in terms of facts mm-hmm. in terms of properly articulated opinions. So now we got to go ad hominem. Mm-hmm. Now we just got to go forget you. I hate mm-hmm. you in a word. Right. I'm not built like that. Like I'm not a fighter. Despite where I'm from, despite my size, despite my look. Tell them where you're from, Sal. Compton. Yeah. <laughs> Compton via South Central. Word. Via Harlem. So Damn.
0: You say that that, that that didn't, yeah, via Harlem, man. It's all the places. Went to school, yeah. So you're saying that, that that didn't harden you, that didn't make you, I mean, not that you're not hard, that didn't make you a fighter, someone that's no, always No, I'm not hard. For
1: <laughs> no, I'm not hard. I'm so hard that I ain't got to be hard. What up? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what people understand. When you're really from it, you ain't got to flex it, you ain't got to fake it. Y'all remember Menace?
0: Yeah. What was MCA? He was the old head. He was the... the what head. was A-Wax? Yeah, A-Wax.
1: Look, you almost thought
0: he was slash comedian or right, something. Right, Because he had Both that. of y'all sound like some <laughs> bitches. Both of y'all better to scared to go peel these punk niggas. Give me my motherfucking <laughs> joint.
1: Shout out to MCA, man. Shout out to my yeah. dog. I love him so much. Help raise me with them words. Mm. But the point is, I grew up where there was a condition where the ones who really were about it, they didn't want to promote it. They didn't want to show it because they was like, for what? Mm-hmm. I'm already going to go there. I got the security. But the ones who weren't necessarily the general mm-hmm. always on the mission to show more because they wanted to be the general. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I get in these situations and somebody calling you out your name, I'm like, oh, you're trying to prove something. What mm-hmm. you trying to prove? <clears throat> and it's a, it's a myriad of reasons why people try to prove something depends on the individual.
0: Now, you talk about football. Um, obviously you had um, an incredible football career.
1: Well, it's gotten better since I, I stopped playing. I tell you. I? It was damn good when I retired. Now it's incredible. <laughs> well, no, you had a, I <laughs> mean, nah, I did that. I'll tell you what, i look
0: at it. I did that. Like, to get to where you were, to be drafted as high as what you were, yeah. make it to the NFL, right. have, what, 10, 11-year career? 10 years. 10-year Ten career. A decade up a, in a there. A decade in the NFL. I was just, and this is no disrespect to any of these guys, I was just looking at, like, Peyton Hillis. We're just looking at Peyton Hillis' oh, stats today. Yeah. Peyton Hillis is 32 years old. Right. And you, you know what I mean? And you think, damn, like, it's, his football career is, is over. And you mm-hmm. look at so many of the guys that were so big, 31, 32, 33, or whatever, they didn't get a decade in the league. They didn't get they, – they, some of them got four or five years. Mm-hmm. So if you play 10 years in the NFL, that's a big time. Yeah. So what did you learn from football? because you, obviously you show great football promise early in your life. Yeah. Then you go to Columbia, mm-hmm. which even that, you know, is a lot different from, from a lot of people wouldn't have gone there. Right. We, we hear so much about football. What did football teach you, if anything?
1: Oh, man, starting from the beginning, uh, seven, eight years old playing football. The first thing I learned uh, is that I had a talent that needed more than just talent to be properly groomed and blossoming. Um, think about that like I'm in a huddle and I'm faster than you I'm in a huddle and I'm more agile than you and quicker than you but that doesn't mean guarantee success because you can still tackle me and I remember being young and like damn I gotta work at being good <laughs> I was just, I gotta work at being good <laughs> Yeah, that was the first thing I learned from football Because I was like, he ain't better than me We race each other, please I give you a 20-yard head start and beat you in a 20-yard dash I right. was that kid right. But I was like, damn, I gotta work at being good Because I got the ball And I would score literally four minimum touchdowns a game But I got the ball 15, 20 times What was yeah. happening to the other 10 carries? They yeah. get me Right. So the first thing that clicked with me was like, You gotta work at being good, dog. Mm. And then the second thing was, like I said before I start seeing different complexions and different backgrounds in my same huddle on my same team. From there you start to really get from football pain tolerance, work ethic, discipline, dedication, all that corny stuff on the locker room when you walk in. But it was real. And then you learn how to fight through adversity. And then you learn not to be scared by physical presence. So when someone walks off a bus, and you young-minded or you just getting into the game, you see 6'6", 330, you think he's great, he's too big, look at all the muscles. But when you play football and you put him on his back and then you realize the 5'8", 170 dude puts you on your back, you start to know which way is up. up. Never judge a book by its cover. Mm -hmm. So I think my decisions were heavily navigated by my football experience, but then it clicked. Football's a means to an end. It's not my identity. I'm not a football player. When did that click? High school. Wow. That early? Yeah, you know why? Because I was, when I tell you I was a shit, like, in Pop Warner, I'm top five <laughs> ever. Right. I got tapes to prove it. If you're, top were,
0: five, you're a top five Pop Warner Top five
1: ever. running back Pop Warner ever. Getting recruited. I couldn't even <laughs> get chili cheese Fritos. I go to the snack stand after my game. Right. It was literally recruiters like, yo, we got to talk. Right. Now, this is pre-social media, so I don't, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. Bronny James and all yeah. them but. Yeah, it yeah. was a problem. Right. I was like, okay, cats, parents walk up to me. If you stop number five, we can win. I'm like, I'm number five. Get your finger out of my face. <laughs> Everybody in my face. I'm smoked. <laughs> I didn't lose a game till I was in my fourth year, and that was my championship game. So we like 50 and 0 before my championship game first lost. Mm-hmm. So it clicked when I'm winning national track championships, setting national records, mm-hmm. and I'm killing it in football. Mm-hmm. And I'm a nerd, like mm-hmm. I was a nerd first. Academic decathlon, all this spelling bee, and I'm like, boom! All of a sudden, I had Oscar Slaughters in my knees. I had it too. You had that. So yeah, the growth where, where, where
0: the, where, yeah, where the where the, the it was off the tendon a little mm-hmm. bit, and like I had to wear a cast. Mm. All, I had to wear a cast on my left knee. Yeah, and for a whole time. And like, I had the same thing.
1: Same thing. Mm-hmm. And it shot me down. Like, I went from, woo to, uh, oh. which was still nice, <laughs> All right. but it wasn't that dandada. Well, what, what,
0: what shot you down about it, though?
1: Because I, I wasn't coordinated. I wasn't as fast. It's, it robbed me of a lot of my athleticism. Yeah. So it shot me down, and then I realized, first thing I realized is like, damn, when you ain't that guy, yeah. there is a lower class, mm-hmm. and there are classes on any team, any situation. I was like, oh, they're not laughing at my jokes the same. Interesting. Mm. Oh, coach ain't just looking me in my eyes all the time. When he talks about us winning, he used to look looking at you. Only yeah, me. I was yeah. like, no, they got a block. Right? <laughs> right. But now he's just looking like, "All yeah. oh, y'all. I'm like, "All oh, y'all, what happened to me? Right. And then I was, I was getting sorrier. I wasn't as good, just mm-hmm. being real. And then it clicked. Like, you ain't no damn football player. You play football, so let's play the game. Mm. Rules changed for me. And then once that happened, uh, I started looking at the schools that were recruiting me differently. I, I changed my lens. I was like, "Now nah, I ain't going to no football factories. N- much respect to all those who went to the big football schools. But I was like, that's a four-year mesmerized experience. And they were talking about jogging suits and the, the gloves and all the girls and the stadiums. And I was like, you know there's a means to an end. You're mm. going to be, like you said, Peyton Hill is 32. Mm. How about you going to be 22, bruh? Mm. and you gave all of your opportunities up to go to a greater academic school to do what? To be second string, four-star recruit at a big school just so you went to some bigger parties? I start making different calculations,
0: respect to all who did that. And, that, and that's why you chose Columbia. What, what yeah. specifically made you choose Columbia over who recruited you first of all?
1: Um, what schools? Yeah. UCLA, the top schools was UCLA, Cal, Berkeley, Columbia, uh, Arizona State, um, that's why I narrowed it down, too.
0: And you so, chose Columbia over those schools yeah. because?
1: One, it was my recruiting trips. Really, I didn't choose it, like, first. I still was a 17-, 18-year-old caught up. Yeah. So, you know, I'm yeah. like, I came back from my recruiting trips telling cats, yo, man, I went to UCLA and this and that, and they like, all my boys, all my peers, damn, mm-hmm. man, when you go up to Rose Bowl, come on, man, you go to hook your forehead? I'm like, hell, yeah, and then I remember telling my teachers that, and they were like, oh, that's cool. That's nice. Congrats, man. You've been working hard. I, you know, tremendous success. But then when I went to Columbia and came back, I told all my boys, man, I went to Columbia. What?
0: Columbia. Where, that, where that's at?
1: Where that at? <laughs> they, they, they were like, is that in South America? Right? Right. I'm like, damn, dog. This is what I'm dealing with. Right? right? But then I told my teachers the same thing. The eyebrows jumped off their head. Jumped up. Go there. Opportunity of a lifetime. Opportunity of a lifetime. Go there. And I was like, why? And they started to break it down to me. Now, I still was caught up, but I was like, you know what? If I'm truly going to be engaged to this is a means to an end, I got to have the greatest alumni base I can have that's going to be uber successful. And let's be real. I'm going to be a big fish in a little pond. Mm-hmm. So if I can't ball here and get out of here, Jerry Rice went to a small school. Walter Payton went to a
0: small school. Shout out to the Swat, both of those guys.
1: Right. Yeah. So if I can't go to a small school and get it, I ain't going to blame my school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blame me. So I rolled the dice and went out there. What did you learn there? Oh, man.
0: Being, being a guy like that in the Ivy League environment, what did you learn at Columbia? What was the biggest takeaway?
1: First thing was like <laughs> social shock because I love New York just in fantasy because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm born in 1974, so when breaking comes out, Beat Street, yeah. Raymo and all that, right. I was like, there's only two cities in the world that I got to just touch. Right. It's L.A. and New York, and I'm already in L.A., yeah, so let yeah, me get yeah. to New York. So they had a leg up because of that. But beyond that, the social shock like just the city is pedestrian. Everybody walking in LA. Everybody driving. So that yeah. was weird. People cursing you out, like, like civil workers, like, the, <laughs> like, like the dude who's supposed to take my bags and stuff. Right. You like, motherfucker, hurry up. I was right, like, right. you want a tip? <laughs> <laughs> like this dude is on my head. Yeah. Um, it was weird how I was kind of caught off guard. You see twenty dudes in New York in front of a bodega or in front of the, the, the brownstone. That doesn't mean a damn thing in terms of criminal element or like, yo, what's up? Or you won't smoke. But in Compton, in L.A., you see 20 dudes in one huddle. You're like, what's up? Yeah, what's happening? What's going down? Yeah. So that was weird to decipher. And I think beyond that, when I got into the classroom setting on campus, I learned there's so many pathways up to the top. Mm. I learned that if you go to Runyon, yeah, you go on a cement or you go on that one dirt trail, but if you really stop and breathe, there's
0: so many damn ways at the top mm-hmm. of this. Because so, you're in class with people who are fourth generation and some people. it's, right. it's So when you look at the billionaires, because when we talk about success as African-Americans, typically, we're talking about people who are ridiculously exceptional at something mm. that everybody tried to do, right? Yep. Yeah, I I don't know anybody who's tried to start like a shipping company. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't know anyone who tried to start like a mail company or yes. a loan company. Yes. But When you look at the billionaires, like when you look at like the con guy or De- like it's all like, and, and in 19 fucking 66 is when he got his first loan to start J W, uh, Morgan Shipping, and then it grew into a conglomerate. Boom. And it's all of these things. So, or, or, or all kinds of different ways. Things that people have done that are outside of what we're told to do. Bingo. Even the doctor-lawyer thing that, that, that we're told to do in order to be successful. Yeah. And when you're at a place like Columbia, you're seeing those people. You're
1: seeing them. And like you said, their offspring and the success and the generational wealth is actually being materialized in your face. One cat got $25,000 a month for his allowance and got dropped off at school in a helicopter mm. and tried to downplay that. Right. And it, 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 it's such a part of their DNA and existence that they actually feel shame. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. That's aspirational if your family got you set up in those situations. So I learned that, like, like you said, Dr. Buss, man, he started, he started to become a billionaire off of $700 that he saved up with his boy and started yeah. buying bought one piece of property, Dr. Buss, in like yeah. the 70s. And boom, 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 and now he was Dr. Buss. Right. So I'm with these kids and the kids of them. And they're they're telling me stuff that I just never heard. Like, one, we had maybe four players in the NFL that were Ivy Leaguers, but we had six owners. Wow. I said, ooh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. And then I started to realize that these guys are going to make it because of what's between their ears. Mm -hmm. And I've been taught you're going to make it because of your body. Right. So when I started to look at that calculation, I was like, okay, I'm going to use this body because I know it's going to be a meteoric rise. It's going to get my family from zero to 60. It gives you a head start. Hell, yeah. Yeah. But I'm never going to lose sight of what's the end game, which is really try to get this generational wealth to take some of this weight off us.
0: Hmm. Now, you you play at Columbia. You do well. You get to the NFL. You get in the middle of your NFL career. We're not going to relitigate that, but I do want to ask one (laughs) question. Relitigate, I love you. Um, what What was the worst thing? about being
1: in the NFL in the NFL just the whole like my the entire whole existence thing
0: about your NFL the worst thing about it forget about forget about like all the things we know that are awesome about it yeah. you, what was the worst part of the NFL
1: who mr. T say one word pain, pain. <laughs> that damn pain was okay I got two I gotta answer this twofold one is the the toughest part is the pain that you have to go through to just get it done, like the rigors of the game. Like football is a presentation of and a wall in front of you every single play, every single day. Think about what football is for real. It is moving another man against his will to progress down a field. He doesn't want you to go, and I got to get there. So everything I did was based on resistance. And then, guess what? I feel that. And he felt it, too. And he probably felt it more than me because I was successful. Mm -hmm. But still, you're going to know you've been in a fight even if you win. Mm -hmm. So the pain, the days I couldn't wake up and just walk to the bathroom. I always tell the story of (laughs) I keep a gallon, like, jug everywhere I go. Work, home, car. Because there was a day when I woke up middle of the night and couldn't move. And I was like, I got to pee, dog. And I couldn't move. And I was like, I got to pee. And I used to always have Cheetos and, and like, some Minute Maid by my by, by dresser. Always, just for comfort. I used what? to eat it half the time. <laughs> right. Just when I wake up in the middle of the night, and I was like, it's right there. Right. So one day I was like, I can't move. And I literally said, brain, fire, tail, leg, lift. No. Like, old Betsy wasn't firing. Wasn't doing it. No. But then the, 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 the leaking was coming. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, you dog. You said you pissed your bed. You peed in the bed. I didn't. What? I saw the Minute Maid there. Now, ah. uh-huh, I did waste that orange juice in there, right? Because I had to mix it up with me, right. but, but I did it, and then you know what? I was like, "Oh man, it's a pain that it took to just go through everything." Even I made the Pro Bowl and didn't practice one time that year because I had surgery on my foot, and people were like, "You're amazing," and I bought into that hype, mm-hmm. but I signed a deal with the devil doing that. Because if you ain't working on your craft every single day, if you ain't getting better, you're getting worse. And it caught up to me quick. Mm-hmm. So I think the pain. Uh, the other thing that was horrible about the NFL experience, even though I love it, don't even confuse it. Don't just click, click, and tune in right now. But he hated the NFL. The other part that was so damn defeating was the fact that you couldn't fully like, just go out there and get it. It's so fickle. Everybody's good. Everyone's great. And you can have a six-pack, run the sand dunes up and down, getting proper rest, turning your phone off, not dating, not hanging, all in. And I've been there. Mm -hmm. And then you go out there that first play. Yeah. (laughs) Get your ass back down that hill and climb back up and rehab. That's why Andrew Luck retired. Right. Because no matter what you do, it ain't a guarantee in sight yeah. in
0: the sport of football. Anytime it can happen to you.
1: In any time it happened, I broke my foot in practice, mm-hmm. and they trying to protect me because I was the new investment. I was the biggest deal they ever had in, in Chargers history. They like don't touch Wiley. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm LT or a quarterback. Right. Don't touch Wiley, and I'm just over there doing this double team. Yank, yank, yeah, done.
0: Well, when you heard of Andrew Luck retire, what'd you think?
1: Uh, I was shocked like everybody, like, damn, that's what's happening this weekend? Like, Andrew Luck retiring with two weeks left before the season? But then I had a tremendous respect because I personalized that story. I felt that. Um, It's weird I could have been much better as a pro. I mean, I made a few Pro Bowls, only started in one I uh, had my accolades. Certainly got my goals accomplished, which was being real, to get my money. Get rich. I got paid. And <laughs> I did. I mean, I wasn't, that's what I had to do for my family. It wasn't all even right. it was a selfish goal. But when I saw him say, enough's enough, I remember thinking, damn, there's only one regret I have from playing football all them years. Why didn't you professionally redshirt? Because I got I, – I, I was – When you say professionally redshirt, what do you mean? Like just tap out for a year. Re- recalibrate, rehab, get your body back. Because I, I, had, I had four surgeries in three years that robbed me of my prime. Despite balling through those surgeries and that rehab, I was just killing myself. So when I fell off the cliff, it was, it was steep, brother. Yeah. But if I had red shirted, just like, you know what? Stop trying to be almighty and try to just do it all. Just tap out. Mm-hmm. Be whatever they're going to call you and then come back you. Right, Andrew Luck retired because he finally realized I can't be Andrew Luck. I could be great to Van. Right. I could be great to Marcellus. I could be amazing to the world. But if I ain't me, what the hell am I out there doing? Because he knows the inevitable will come. Oh. Sooner or later, we're going to get critical of his ass, and then it's all going to go down from there.
0: You think he's coming back or you think he's done? Oh, yeah,
1: he's coming back. I don't think the NFL, though. I think the first place the XFL.
0: You think Andrew Luck is going to leave the NFL? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was $60 million on the table. And then go play in the XFL with his dad.
1: Yeah, because the XFL gonna be real. First of all, don't 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 well, laugh at that business well, I'm plan. Not,
0: listen, I'm saying that th- they tried the XFL before. Oh, don't do that. And it failed.
1: Yeah, Bill Belichick failed in Cleveland. Well, it, I, 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 it, well it, that's in not New England,
0: it's huh? not a leak. Huh? So, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so, you you're saying it's to you, it's viable. That he would leave the NFL and go to the XFL.
1: Look, I'm over here being, I'm over here wishing and putting it on him. I'm right. mapping my wishes on him. But wouldn't it be amazing if he rehabbed, recalibrated, red shirt, and then his dad's like, "So what you gonna do?" He's like, "Dad, what what we gonna do?" What we gonna do, Pop? Like your league needs some pop, wherever it is. Andrew Luck joins that league. Yeah, yeah. So, how much y'all got for me, Daddy? Because I really don't need the dog. Obviously, I already left. Up to four, five hundred million on the table, so it ain't a dope thing. Mm -hmm. We already have generational wealth because you played in the league. Mm -hmm. Pop's got a $20 million guaranteed contract as the commissioner, Mm -hmm. and and Vince McMahon behind this thing. So um, let's wait a year or two, let y'all bubble, and then let me come in there and jump in this and let's do this. Mm -hmm. I say that's a real option. Or go back to the league, the same league that booed you when you were walking out the damn stadium, Mm -hmm. which is nothing wrong. Uh, in terms of going back to the NFL, because it's the biggest and baddest, but mm-hmm. if it were my daddy, right. if my little MJ, who's four now, if he was in that position, I'd be like, mm, mm-hmm.
0: you don't want to help us out? Speaking of your little MJ, yeah. I've met a little man before. I was out at Marcellus' house. Yeah. Marcellus does something special with the uh, with the hot dogs. Remember the hot dogs? Hell yeah. I Marcellus, remember. we we, was, we threw some hot dogs on the grill. <laughs> Marcellus does something special with the hot dogs. Shout out to Nick May. Nick knows. Nick knows. Nick, Nick, knows. Nick, we my sit dog. there and. And just drank off tequila. Nick said that – Nick said something stupid that day. Nick said – What's new? He said that Tracy McGrady was better than Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. You, he loved to throw that grenade I, and run. I, I love you, T-Mac. No. Okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but uh, your son, mm. like, obviously, with with um, your wife as well, she is an a- athlete. Yes. And, uh, more athletic than me. Right. So your son is probably, most likely, unless something happens, going to have – a genetic head start, <laughs> <laughs> you think, um, o- o- over a-, a lot of other kids, right? Right. You, um, it seems to have gotten a lot of a rich- enrichment from football. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about him playing?
1: Um, one, he can play flag football up until the high school years. Now, if he's a rising ninth grader, and he's like, "Daddy, I want to play tackle football," because one, I love the game, two. I will be dedicated to the process. Three, I hope to get a scholarship. And four, I want to go pro. Me and him are going to go to his favorite restaurant. And we're going to book a table way in the back. And we're going to talk for hours about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if he, at the end of that conversation, is still committed to that grind, go ahead, brother. But before then, I'm going to protect you from yourself like a corner man. I was 11 years old, man. Bleeding at my elbow in, in class, uh, sprained knee, you know, getting therapy between elementary school and practice. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but you know what drove that? I ain't going to lie. The, 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 the want to get out of your service? Your the circumstances. conditions. Yeah. My, 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 my social class. Bro. I mean, my mama was smart as all outdoors, but she had two kids at 17 and 19. Mm-hmm. And I come from a very aspirational family, even though the outside world Maybe can't see it at first glance. My grandmother uh, was in Watts, California, when the Watts riots
0: happened. Back in the 60s.
1: Yeah. And she had her little spot over there. And then the Watts riots happened. She said, I got to get me and my six kids out of here. So (laughs) in the the same spirit of being aspirational, she moves from Watts to Compton. Mm. Now, people don't know Compton used to be white. Very nice. Very nice and white. My grandma moved to Compton. Dan Compton. Kevin Costner from Compton. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Taglia from yeah, Compton, right, I think, or something, something right. crazy. Like, damn, yeah. where he live at? <laughs> <laughs> by DJ Quick or something? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's my family. My mom has two kids that, by the age of 19, and she's like, my kids are not going to grow up the way I'm, I grew up, the way I'm living. And she was a straight-A student. My mom said, we got to move somewhere better in terms of school systems. And that was her first thing. And we moved from Compton to South Central. Mm. Now think about how that like, wow, those seems like small incremental steps, but right. they were huge leaps in our family. So I'm living like hoodish. Mm-hmm. I'm right on I'm off Slauson, so it's hood, yeah. but it's like, damn! I'm so close to Windsor Hills and Ladera Heights, right, right. and I'm like,
0: I want to be there. You like Park, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: my boys, I used to go to school with cats that had a house, yeah. and my apartment it was like the size of their living room. What up? Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. damn! Like, all four of us sharing the bathroom, right? I, so I, you could see it; it mm, was right there, bruh. So it gave me a drive, but it also just defeated me because I was like, damn! I'm sharing a bedroom with my sister. That's not even a bedroom. We lived in a one and three quarter bedroom apartment. Mm. So our fourth wall was a sheet. Our fourth wall was like curtains. Mm-hmm. It couldn't. It wasn't a wall. So whatever my family did in the living room shared space, right. we just was through osmosis living it. Right, right, right. They watching Eddie Murphy delirious. We watching Eddie Murphy. Y'all go delirious. to bed. Y'all better not listen to this and can't watch this. What the hell are you, you talking about? It I'm too feet. <laughs> <laughs> would you think? we go all here? Right, right. So mm-hmm. I live. I grew up faster than I desired, but. To get back to it, man, when you live in that existence, it tells you a lot. You start to get a greater perspective. And I started to gain a perspective to always be inviting to new opportunities, even though some of them hurt, to new information, even though some of it hurt because it went against the grain of what I was conditioned to knowing.
0: Hmm. So we're on the subject of the NFL. Let's talk about someone who has a brand-new affiliation with the NFL – one Sean Corey Carter, ah, better known Jay Z as Jay Z. <laughs> Jay Z. Uh, one thing that I know that we vehemently disagree on. Oh, okay. Um, is Jay Z's uh, and Rock Nation's new partnership with the NFL. Oh, okay. Um, we don't vehemently disagree on Jay Z. I like Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. In Jay-Z. Is he top five for you, as far as rappers? Yeah. What you mean as investors? Yeah, as I a rapper. Don't know. <laughs> What, the hell are you talking uh, about? what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's definitely top five. It, like, look, this, okay. this, this way I look. He
1: ain't top five for me, probably. But in terms of success and accolade and GOAT, yeah. Marcellus. But in terms of, like, Marcellus. combine numbers, Marcellus. come on, man. Marcellus. Andre 3K. Marcellus. Lil Wayne. Hold on. Before we, not, not, before we Jerry get Carole to the NFL Cube. shit. Oh, no.
0: Before we get to the <laughs> NFL shit. I got
1: three off real <laughs> quick. Are you going to tell
0: me right now that Jay-Z is not a top five rapper of all time? Rapper or you mean artist? Nigga. I, I wow, rapper. you with there. Well, i like, 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 like. Do it, like he like, know I, don't, I, don't use the N-word I no I more. Know he, I know. I can't even fire back. Right. Jay-Z. Jay-Z is not a top five rapper of all time.
1: Rapper? I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I would say artist, success. Like, is Tom Brady the GOAT at quarterback? Obviously. But in the combine of quarterback skills, which I would think rap skills, you hit me, Com- yeah. Okay, huh? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Will, will, Six will.
0: rings okay, wait, wait, is amazing. Will, 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 will. All them a- yeah. albums is amazing. We'll table the Jay Z and Nation thing for a second. You don't want to argue me? I, no, that. no, no. I'll come back. No, okay. we're gonna stay here. Right. So, so this is what I look at. Y'all AC? Y'all on a budget in here? but <laughs> <go>. <laughs> So, so this is, <laughs> this, this is this is this is what this is what I look at. Jay Z is number one in one category for me, and number three in another. That's where I'm at. But but, but not he's three. in top five. So he's number one in the most yeah. successful rapper of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. He's number three in the greatest rapper of all time list behind Big, Pac, and then his hove is third. Okay.
1: I'm not arguing that because my argument is not too far from there to even just waste but, your but, time. But
0: you just said he's not a top five rapper. because so who, who's better than Jay-Z? Who's who? five rappers? Five rappers historically better than
1: you. Like, rappers. Like, if we on the – you got a backpack on, I got a backpack on, we on the corner, we give them the same beat. Five rappers better You ready than for the Andre 3000? Okay.
0: I don't agree, but go ahead. Uh, wait, wait. Andre, you uh, know what? Andre when I hear a,
1: that, I, I'm going to get up from the grown person's table. Wait, 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 I,
0: I, wait, wait, wait. Andre I, is I, ill. Andre is ridiculously ill. He's crazy ill, <laughs> but he's not just, like, better than Hope. He's not like Andre is ill. He's not just like better than hope. But continue. This is your. This, this is your show. So, so. one for that money. Yes, uh, two for this show.
1: Two's <laughs> he hit. Okay, it wasn't over. Right. Like he didn't. Jay Z grew. Jay- okay, okay, okay. Are oh,
0: you still here? All right, you to go. So you're not so you're saying that Jay-Z didn't come with it on his first Dead album, Resonance. Oh, yes. Reasonable Riz- doubt. It's Riz- one of the greatest yes, albums of yes, all yes, time. Yes yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. And you know what it also is? Southern what? player list of Cadillac funky music. You know what came behind that? ATL. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm so, talking to a South dude getting the fucking yeah, Louisiana. <laughs>
0: you're not gonna make me hate hey, on podcast. It's self-hate. It's <laughs> self-hate. <laughs> I gotta help you with that. So so you said so Andre Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is better. Don't do your eyebrows like that because you're laughing at me. Me Wait, on the I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. I, once again, I'm from South Louisiana. You're not about to make me say nothing about Lil Wayne. This is Marcellus Wiley's list. Go ahead.
1: Um, Jerry Curl Ice Cube, Jerry Curl Ice Cube. Okay. <laughs> <Her> paybacks. <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all talking about here? That's three. Okay. Um, for me, Scarface does a lot. Not mad at that. Okay. Um, I'm. I have horrible recall. Uh-huh. So my sister's going when she sees this. But like, you fool, you forgot this, this,
0: and this. Oh, yeah. But um. Man, rapper, like, people are gonna rappers. take it wrong. Rappers. Lyrically, we just thought, well, rappers, lyrics, spitting.
1: Like, Jada Kiss is better as a rapper than, than Jay Z. As a rapper, like, combines, you don't know where to draft them, but you're just like, skill to skill, don't do that. But he's not a greater artist. Jada Kiss is a
0: better rapper than Hove. You don't agree? Rapper, backpack, same beat, go. Same beat, Jada Kiss will murk Hove.
1: Now, see, now you win ex- ex- excess. I'm not my I'm, I'm saying asking. I've said he made. Photo finish him, but I, I would go with Jada Kiss in terms Okay, of my nigga. And this ain't just,
0: even my top five. You this just is, made some news. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm telling you. You just, you. you just made some news. By the way, that's in no way a shot at Kiss. Love Jada. Everybody mm. that you just. Everybody that does every, that is ev- ev- taking a shot everybody at. Everybody you just <laughs> named. Just said. Everybody that you just named. I'm not even done. Can flat out right. go. Go. Everybody you just go. named. And guess go. what? Go. That ain't better than Jay Z. I can't. Hey, look, I take that L. See, I who else? Name some more. Keep going. Rappers that are better than Jay Z. Because we gonna cut this into one thing and then put it out there. Um, hundred thousand hits. Who? <laughs> who else
1: out there? Um, that's top, Biggie. Biggie. Yep. Can't can't argue with that one. Pac is on the fence for me because he raps better than two. Parts. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But as artists,
0: then it's artists. Right to me, but I as, think as Pac a, is, yeah, yeah, Jay-Z exactly, exactly. Sorry, gave you five. There you go. Cut that up. Yeah, we gonna cut it up, all right. Marcelo's <laughs> wallet. We, we gonna cut up. I ain't dealing Marcelo's, with y'all in these streets. Marcelo's gonna be on Complex. <laughs> gonna, like, rap radar. Um, so the, the Jay Z partnership with the NFL. That's how this all started. Okay. Give me, like you, uh, I, I, th- I, you heard me on it. Um, I'm, I'm sure. I heard you disagree. I didn't hear you on it. All oh, right. Well, why like, you don't like it? Go. Well, it's not that I don't like the partnership in and of itself. What I don't like is the method in which Hove went about it, right? Mm. So, like. Let's discuss. So, I think that personally to me. Uh, <laughs> personally to me. You know I do this with you too. Right. Whenever you're like, well, to me, personally for me, you about to go somewhere. Right. So, so I, I think. Prepare. I, I think, and I'll, I'll, I'll give my sister. Patrice our mm. uh, credit for having said this is that Jay Z did cross an intellectual picket line, and the the, the Garrigo said that as well as right, the right, lawyer for right, Colin Kaepernick. Yep, right. yep, yep, um, yep. I give credit to the black woman. But, uh, but, but, but you know what? <laughs> I love you. Uh oh, uh, but, but
1: that's what happened to Chris Haynes. when he, he actually broke the news uh-huh. on Kawhi and Paul George. Right. But because uh, Woj broke it a minute later, right. everybody gave Woj the credit. We're right. like, give credit to the black man. Chris Haynes did that. Right. Shout out to Darkness.
0: Um, but I think that to me, number one, you had two things happen. Number one, Jay Z had said that he was with Colin Kaepernick. He had. He had yeah. worn the Colin Kaepernick jersey yeah. on Saturday Night Live and yeah. put his name in the song or, or, or did did the whole song had to be in. in the video. Yep. And then um as Kaepernick continues his fight for employment in the NFL or to be made whole again by what happened, uh Jay Z does a deal with them. Um and to me, I, I would feel like the our first I've said this before, but our first imperative as people from the community, as people from the culture to one another, is to protect each other. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's an entity that I feel like is being unfair to myself, it's not just because we homies and because you know we've known each other for a long time. I call this guy and ask him for advice, all kinds of things. Because you are a black man, the first thing I have to do is make sure that you're being protected. And that um, what you want and what you need and, and you feel like it, uh, is being desi- de- denied from you. Yeah. Then I'm not in league <clears throat> with someone that is doing that. Okay. And I and in that respect, I feel like Jay Z fell Colin Kaepernick. I well, feel like ooh. that because Jay Z seemed to be on code with it, then to go and do it, and not even have any sort of conversation with him. Yeah. Um, in any way, to me, was an alpha ho. I
1: hear that. It well laid out. Um. My pushback is this. Oh, thank you. My pushback is this. Before you point, or if you desire to point Mm -hmm. Kaepernick and his camp, one finger out, you got to put three back at yourself. You got to clean up your own house before you start talking about mine. Kaepernick's in partnership with Nike. Mm -hmm. Nike (laughs) supplies the league Mm -hmm. in terms of uniform and its apparel. So... If you have no problem with someone who is partnering with a league that is, quote-unquote, blackballing you because of your Nike deal for money for Kaepernick, then why do you now have a problem with a black man who is partnering with the same league that is blackballing you? He will never answer that question because there's no real reasonable answer. That shows he, he,
0: hypocrisy. He, he has answered it. Go. To me. Oh, okay, to you. <laughs> right. so he ain't answered
1: that one. Right. He answered it. You right. So, inferred. Right. So, right so,
0: no, no, no. He answered okay, it go. to
1: me. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh that's your dog? <laughs> In that phone? You need to get out the club with that phone too. Look Shadow at that dog. damn where's
0: your screen protector? Like like this is this this is what I'll say. Go. Um Colin Kaepernick has been with Nike. He oh, signed yeah. with Nike for a long time. Yeah, lately. we all do that. The the <laughs> so he had been with Nike for a while. Yeah. His partnership with Nike started before um there was any he had made the decision to sit or kneel. I respect that. So his so his conver- his, his his deal with Nike goes back a long way. When Nike decided to do its Just Do It campaign and they wanted Colin Kaepernick to be a part of it, he used that as a platform to talk about some of the things that he had been wanting to talk about. Yeah, yeah. To me, yeah, should. <laughs> to me that is no different than LeBron James saying, hey, Nike, I want you to be a part of this social initiative. Or, 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 or Durant or anybody else using the fact that they're signed with this, mm-hmm. this, this, <clears throat> this, um, uh, this particular corporation yeah. um, to use it for some good. To me, does that mean that he can't have an issue with the NFL or an issue with a man that he thought was an ally in his issue with the NFL? Yeah, and I don't see how those things I, are on the same page. Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's why just, this is to my greater point. I just right. wanted to set that up, lay, lay it down first. Kaepernick and his camp has turned this entire issue from an and issue to an either or issue. And that's where my frustration grew. and maybe boiled over. Mm-hmm. Look, We are all fighting for the same damn thing, especially if you're from that situation, which is the lowest rung. We'll get into that. Kaepernick, it's supposed to be and. It's supposed to be Kaepernick, you coming at the NFL, you you coming with Nike, and Jay-Z is coming to the NFL, and he's coming with his portfolio and his allies and his network, and we're supposed to aggregate that. What happened was, and maybe not even Kaepernick's full doing, Mm But Nessa, Eric Reed, and others have turned this into an either or conversation and continue to do it. And it started for me what really jumped on my radar besides the entire list of issues that I have with how they showed their leadership was at the Super Bowl. Big boy and Travis Scott and that whole like it's either them being sellouts or whatever it may be or not down with Kaepernick. Instead of and, they are also trying to increase the platform and awareness. Trevor Scott giving half a million dollars. Don't, let's not sneeze at that. So when the conversation went from and, like Van want to get in and mm-hmm. Marcellus and Van. Mm-hmm. But when it went from Marcellus or Van, Marcellus or either Van or him, that's when you lost me, brother. That's when I knew you lost sight of not only your cause, but how we roll. Mm-hmm. We, and look. Jay-Z, I am not sticking up for Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with my top five list, I'm not sticking up for Jay-Z. <laughs> but I will say this. The game has changed. Therefore, the rules have changed. And a lot of people out there don't want to read the rule book. It's like this is something this guy told me. <laughs> I was in, God, like Barbados or something. And this cab driver was talking about ear off, but he had game and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what's funny about people, man? They never read the manual. And he was talking about when you get out your iPhone, soon you do is just doing this. Mm-hmm. And you do this, right? And then six months later, you'd be like, damn, I can't, I can't sync my calendar or something. Right. And your homie come up to you be like, oh, all you gotta do is ABC. Yeah. And you're like, how you know that? You're like, oh, I read it. Or right. I've already been doing it. Yeah. I'm looking at this Kaepernick situation as an entirety, as a whole, and saying, why do we keep talking about race when this has always been an argument that has been interwoven between race and class. And I I mean, you can Google Kaepernick and class conversations and and it may come up very few searches, but you Google race and it's boom. Jay-Z understands the class argument and race argument deeper than all of us. I didn't grow up in the projects. I didn't grow up in that situation. And when Jay Z is like grown from that to a billionaire status, that's class. And then you talking about I'm always black. This is never going away. Ka- Kaepernick's black. That's never going away. Now we got something that we need to understand. We need to fix it for those who have no voice, who have no power. Mm-hmm. That's the lowest rung in our society where race meets class at its lowest level. And the lowest level deemed by society in race is black. And the lowest class is in our urban ghettos across. America. Mm-hmm. So when those two things coexist and collide, you got to salute to somebody who's been through that situation or at least say, and you and I, let's tackle this. I don't think Jay-Z back- backstabbed him because Jay-Z is playing a class conversation while Kaepernick in a large s- summation
0: is playing more of a race conversation. A hmm. couple of things. Number one, the, 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 uh, very well said. A co- uh, a, the Kaepernick Kneeling or sitting had to do with social injustice and police brutality, right? And and what
1: racial discrimination, discrimination. systemic
0: oppression, systemic oppression. Okay, which which brings up some class, brings up some class, right? When the police beat the hell out of you, um, or shoot you, or do whatever, Mm -hmm. very rarely do they have a bank statement handy. Mm. So they don't they don't know how much you're worth. I right. mean, it's assumed that if you're in a poor neighborhood, some of these things take place take places in a poor neighborhoods. Some of them right. don't. It's assumed that these people are poor, and that mm. they, uh, everyone assumes that black people are poor. But the class argument has more to do, to me, with the structures that put us in these si- in these situations than it actually has to do with the system of violence that the cops uh, use against us and how they sort of devalue black lives i think that there is a racial yeah. component oh, to that yeah. Oh, yeah. that is historic in america to in, in a country where a black life has never really had any value
1: mm-hmm. so uh
0: that's one thing i understand the class argument that is a macro argument that we have to change um through unity and group operations if you ask me mm. um <clears throat> now
1: and it's a very important one because can you remember what you're gonna say or you want to flex and then i go back you go for it okay we have to talk class, race in class. Like, people have to understand when the rules change. And I don't think I'm hearing this enough. And you know me. I'm, I'm cool as a fan, but then I, I can hit a switch because I understand what is happening to my people and we are not changing our lens and learning the new rules. Mm-hmm. So, there's so many levels to this. But, if
0: you look, but this is what I'll say okay. about the, the, the class argument. If you look at this historically, there, if, you, if you look at this historically, there have been and were... Um, in different parts of the country, areas where a- African-Americans were thriving economically, where African-Americans were trying to buy homes, wherever you saw that, yeah, the redlining, you I know. saw a yeah. concerted effort oh, yeah. to stop that. yeah, And that, those efforts didn't have to do with, I mean, what's good for one economic group of consumers should be good for everyone. That had to do with, for better lack of my French, is because they hate niggas. Yeah, yes. and, and so you, and, and We are in agreement, right, and, but and, and it so, switched, and, and so, I'm going to tell you when. And, and so for me... While while we have more uh, sort of economic opportunity, and uh, opportunity coalition build uh, like uh, through money than we ever have, there's still something in America that looks at the black experience in a different way. Oh, yeah. Like we have to address Abs- and we have to address that. <coughs> so when we're talking about issues of race and class, I think that we should we can do them simultaneously. But I don't think that, that it serves us at all to prioritize one over the other.
1: No, I'm not even trying to prioritize it. I am trying to say, let's give it greater emphasis. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. So you're right. One, I got to tell my people, stop looking at the black existence through this myopic view that you're graded how black you are or your exemption from black conditions is based on just police encounters or brutality. That's myopic. There are so many more conditions that keep us down and choke us out in in an invisible fashion before we even get to a physical realm to deal with the police. And I'm gonna highlight that, and that's because of class. So what happened is in the civil rights era, let's say you know, Rosa Parks is in 55, 54, it was bubbling, it started, all the way to 68, boom, civil rights era. And all of a sudden, whatever this system is, said this overt racism, discrimination, we can't get away with this anymore. And the Voting Rights Act, obviously a 65, everything was like that. And then what started to happen? Huh. Let's go at the class. Now, in coincidence with class, it's going to be black. Now,
0: when Dr. King started doing that, what happened to him? Yeah, that, bang! So listen, listen to me. So and, what, and so really that gutted the well, Like Dr. King's thing was, Dr. when Dr. King looked and saw, and LBJ and all of these people felt betrayed because Dr. King looked and saw... Okay, this has all happened, and we have these civil rights, but there's still an enormous amount of poor people in America, and you won't be able to really ascend, Boom. without that, what they do with Dr. King. They
1: kill him. Right. Okay, so let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because we're getting killed by the police, we're getting killed by the system, whatever it is, and then there are invisible ways choking you that you don't even feel until you can't breathe anymore. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. So... I feel because looking at the economic disparity of 1970, ain't no coincidence that soon the civil rights era ends, there's a line of demarcation. 1970 till present day, the economic disparity between blacks and whites is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So something's going on beneath the surface to keep y'all separated. As rich as we are becoming, they're becoming rich as well at the same rate. Mm -hmm. And what started to switch is this social indicators, which is based on class, started to say education in 1970 was 2X in terms of race. So a white kid, in terms of his educational situation, was two times greater in a position than a black kid in 1970. You Wanna know where that is right now, present day? Flipped. 2X for class, not for race. A poor kid put in a different social condition has a great chance of succeeding by the numbers. Let's go beyond the numbers. Let's just be real about this. Because what is happening is us who are in better condition, Mm -hmm. we made a little money. Know this. Every rapper I know, everybody I know from Compton, except the mayor, shout out to Asia Brown, lives outside of Compton. Mm -hmm. It ain't because you ain't black. It ain't because you ain't down. It's because of condition. So what happened is from 1970, I feel the system said, we can't come at you in broad daylight, but we can sneak you. You know how they sneak us? Listen to this. They sneak us with education. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Just in class, just to highlight, I got to give this greater emphasis. Mm -hmm. When you broke, my mama moved out of Compton. Why? Education. She's like, you can't go to that school. She went to that school. She know what it is. Mm -hmm. Housing, opportunities, you brought that up. Life expectancy is different just by where you live. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your health and quality of life, criminal element. Like, I live down the street from rappers, mm-hmm. and they out here rapping hard, keeping it real, down stuff, and living in a different condition. Right. No transparency there, but I ain't mad because it's entertainment. Incarceration rates, homicide rates per capita, but worse than all of this You remember the whole no snitching and snitches get stitches? Mm -hmm. I used to disgust me. You know why? Policing, unreported victimization rates are higher in the hood than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Right? You know what the problem with all this is? If you add up that entire piece of gumbo I just served you, Mm -hmm. we talking about race when we need to be talking about race and class, to me, is defeating us. So a lot of us who have ascended in class have to highlight that because what's happening to the people who are at the lowest rung who feel the full weight, and I admit, I don't feel the full weight. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, police going to sweat me, and they still do. Mm -hmm. I had a shotgun to my head at 14 by the police sitting on a street corner because they thought I had robbed a bank two blocks away. Mm -hmm. And I've been a victim of this. And I understand that there's a different condition, not just because of police encounters. That's too myopic because of all these other things that I just read off. And to get deep with it. It's this whole image of black card that I don't even agree with. I don't even laugh at. I don't even I hate when people are like, I'm gonna pull your black card or your coon seller. I'm like, because what happens is it brings guilt. It brings shame to those who have advanced in their condition who really want to give back because Oh, I got to keep it down. I got to keep it real. Mm -hmm. I got to keep it low level when we are defined by that same damn low rung principle. Do you understand that? They define black people from Barbados to Virginia law to spread through the south based on the lowest rung. Mm -hmm. Master said this. This is law. They made us the lowest rung. It's unreal how. These predecessors, listen to this, man. When they said what is black in this country, it was basically you have no vote on what you are. Mm -hmm. And if you have one drop, the one drop rule of black in you, you're black. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone took that on face value, and we've still been using that definition, even though it's defunct in federal law, and it's not a law anymore. You know why that's so damning to us? Because when they said that, you know what the slave masters and owners were doing having sex with black women raping them raping them Mm -hmm. exactly raping them and then that child by law was deemed black Mm -hmm. therefore I'm not responsible for that child because that's not me and that child is going to be fed into the system of slavery Mm -hmm. because he is not my dependent right bruh our definition needs to be as nuanced as our
0: condition is, mm. but we know that in the well, black experience, that ain't happening. Well said. Uh, th- this, this is what I would say to all of that, and this is why this is where I married the two things. All right. So this I'll give you my worldview on everything that you just said. Let's do it. Um, obviously, economics drive America, right? Um, e- it's capitalist, right? E- economics drive America, right? So a couple of things. A couple of things happen. Number one, when we talk about economics, you can't separate. To, in my opinion, um, the 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 first indicator. Uh, of oppression, um, which is the color of your skin, because of the economic deficit that African Americans started in the country. Bingo, right? right. So free labor for X amount of hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and then after after that, um, you have uh, Reconstruction and Jim Crow. All of those things, which sought to keep African Americans in an economic stranglehold, yes, to uh, sort of prolong the effects of what what became illegal slavery. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're right away. In an economic sense, putting people behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile, at that same time, uh, Western European peasants were coming to the United States and being given millions of acres of land.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Millions of acres of land mm-hmm. to settle on and to then start families. That that land would be passed down, giving them an economic leg up in America. Boom. The only difference between them. And us is that they were white. Yeah. So the economic sk- the economic scales in America were tipped from the beginning. Yes. As far as not in favor of African Americans. Now you, we go we go over the course of history and we look at things that have happened from from uh, big things like redlining, like we talked about, to micro things like uh, what happened in Black Wall Street or what happened at Rosewood or any other place like that where African Americans seem to have mm. their own uh, economics. Or we look at the adverse effects economically of integration and how uh, the, uh, the search for the American dream actually tricked a lot of us into believing that shopping at Albertsons was better than shopping at the store in our own community. <laughs> all right, so all of those things. Let me tell you what the antidote to those things, those economic things, uh, are to me. Greater focus on race. And I'll tell you why. Okay, because yeah, that's an interesting conclusion, and, 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 and let's I, go. And, and I'll tell you why. I like it. Because what I have to do in order to help advance, when I say greatest focus on race, I mean not greater focus on racism, I mean greater focus on moving in unison with people who are black and brown. And the reason why that is is because that economic uh that condition has to become a coalition. So I have to look when you talk about what's going on in in um in 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 communities around the world. I talked to some kids and I looked at the kids and I talked to them and they told me where they wanted to live. Where they want to live is obviously they want to go live in Beverly Hills, they want to live in, in Cheviot Hills, they want to live mm. in Brentwood, they want to live in places like that. Mm. What I told them was that you guys could work together right now and make this community that you live in a lot better than it is right now. But what that's going to take is you working together. Because if you think at any point that the status quo in America, the white male power structure in america mm. the american government is ever going to invest into what it is that you're doing economically wherever you are you're living in a fantasy world so if it's going if if black people are going to ascend in america if any marginalized and oppressed group is going to ascend in america they're going to do it one way together and in order to do that together there have to be a series of understandings and a cultural trust and cultural guidelines that we adhere to Mm. one of those cultural guidelines is to protect each other and to use whatever influence that we gather and garner to make sure that we're in the best places uh, despite what might be going on outside of our community so that means that if there is a black business in your community they get started they don't have everything going right they don't have everything you gotta patronize them you gotta grow with them if there's a black bank that doesn't have some of the things, you got to patronize them. You got to go with them. If you're an actor, right? That Academy Award, I know it means a lot to you, mm. but you got to show up to the NAACP Awards too. <laughs> you got to show up to the BET Awards too. You have to love yours. That, to me, is a racial imperative. That's an imperative that says, listen, mm. we've tried long enough appealing to the greater nature of America and hoping that they would act on our behalf. They're not going to do it. So. Forget about having any sort of uh, um, uh, disdain for them. Forget Mm. about the resentment that we would have for them. Hate the resentment that you might have for the American structure. Flip that inside of yourself and turn it into love for your community. Forget about hating anybody else. Forget about that. Forget about being mad. Turn that feeling that you feel into love for your community. And love, Marcellus, is work. Whenever you love something you have to work for it. If you love black the black community you have to work to advance that community and you have to prioritize that community first. That's where the economic sort of ascension of black Americans will come when black Americans realize that there is something to be gained by dealing with each other. That is not for, and that's my problem with the Jay Z deal. The problem with my Jay Z deal is, you have an organization that I believe to be the NFL that is out to maintain a a specific status quo. Mm -hmm. And what happens sometimes in these situations is that organizations that want to maintain the status quo, what they'll do is they'll turn around and they'll pick one or two black people to let into a door Mm. and then I'll make us all feel like we're a part of something. I'm not saying that Hov won't get that right. I I believe in Jay and I think that he will get that right. But what I'm saying is the optics of it straight away is that they're allowed to say, listen, we're going to treat this guy in a specific way. But, and we're never going to make this guy whole. Mm. We're never going to make this guy right. But we're going to pick another one of you and we're going to have you come in here. And when you have coming here, you're going to bring a bunch of people and we're going to make sure that we can erase what this black man did. I'm to the point right now where I don't think that we as a culture should ever, ever let somebody who took a risk for us get fucked over ever again. There was a time Mm. when we couldn't do anything about that. When guys that put it on the line were killed, when guys that put it on the line lost their careers. Mahmoud Adu Raouf lost his career. Yes. Craig Hodges lost his career. Yeah. A bunch of people lost their careers. To me, I thought and I had hoped that we were to a point as a culture, that we had reached a cultural zenith to where someone didn't have to lose their career because they stood up for us. Mm. And I, I get that people will go, well, why does he still want to play in the league? He's a football player. He's a guy that's been doing this for his entire life. It's part of his identity. He doesn't want to have to give that up because he took a stand for us. So wh- whereas no activist is perfect, no identity is perfect, nobody goes a- – when the, when the NFL settlement first came, I was confused. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, oh, right, what yeah. the fuck is going right, on here? right. I, I thought we were awesome. Let's burn the whole fucking CBA down. Mm-hmm. I was confused. But in context, all I'm saying is sometimes as black Americans – not sometimes, fuck that, all the time. <laughs> we, like, we have to be willing to be on code and on call for each other. I'm not, I'm not the type of person, I don't believe... A lot of people have called even your boy Will like Uncle Tom. I don't believe in that type of talk. I don't believe you believe
1: in, in, in any in, of that. I, 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 no. Other than N word, I hear that. I, I don't believe the N word is just part of me.
0: <laughs> like, like, I'm gonna be honest with that's you. That's the only explanation that bruh, anybody ever has, and bruh, I'm like, that's weak. Bruh, when I was like, when I was a kid, that's weak because you I know it's a lot of stuff against us. I, I know. When I was a kid <laughs> and I used to dance, my grandfather would look at me and be like, look at that little nigga go, <laughs> and so he loved me so much, it's just hard to get it out. But what I'm saying is, okay. whereas you're right, you're right. That economics
1: are the are the things that we Bruh. economics. I don't I, even I don't even want that title or an accolade that I'm right.
0: But what, what, the what numbers. I, but, but, but but what, I, what I'm saying the is facts. the way that we're going to approach our economic system as mm. African Americans yeah. is to use the cultural power that we have yeah. as being Black people yeah. in coalition in coalition building.
1: Ooh, we, can we can we can, uh, we can I get some of this? I'm, y'all batteries. I hope y'all batteries is good because right. we
0: about to go. What, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is you're gonna have to care about me. Because I'm black. I'm going to have to care about my this community because they're black. I'm going to have to care about reaching back because they're black. I'm going to have to care extra. I'm going to have to do more work because these people are black. i got to care about them. I Mm. can't not care about them. I can't go get mine. Not if we want something as a community. But
1: our community, whoo, we here. Our community, our cultural power is undermined by ourselves. And let me tell you how. To be together, we have to respect healthily that we are different. Now, when you hear Uncle Tom, that means you ain't respecting that we're different. Mm. When you say coon, you, you, you ain't respecting that we're different. When you call him a sellout, you ain't respecting that we're different. No other culture rolls in this, like, perceptional unison. We try to act like that. They do. We just not in their culture to realize they fighting every day on it, bruh.
0: They fight on some things. But what I will, no, say, no, is this. Uh? What I will say is this, though. Mm-hmm. If you look at other cultures, right? Cultures that weren't splintered like we were, right? Because remember, remember, we're coming from having invented a culture on the fly. So we're coming from a situation to where there's a 1,000 people in a field, 15 people in a house, and the people in the house live significantly better than they do. So the people in the field are looking at the people in the house and going, Mm. what did they compromise in order to get Mm. there? What happened? What made Mm. them be chosen? And rather than everyone trying to work together, you're still looking at some people going, well, it's more advantageous to be less troublesome to the status quo. P- people would have a problem with Jason Whitlock or any other person like that that they were calling Uncle Tom. It's not because of what they're doing, because they feel like that those people, not because they have jobs on TV, but because they feel like those people attack black people to keep those jobs Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, the whole, like, you're going to divide and conquer, they're going to conquer us. The divide and conquer mantra that you always hear. Man, you you sound like them. And then if you sound like them, we're going to be divided and conquered. First of all, no, we're not. Black experience, black expression is infinite. It's infinite. We don't want to know that. We don't want to act like that's the reality. We don't even want to accept that. But it's true. Mm-hmm. There are black people voting for Trump that are as black as any other black person it who does can't doesn't. be that black. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. Th- look, uh, they can't be that black. I bro. know a couple that you know. They what's can't funny? Be that Let me black, tell you. You know what's so funny? So come on. Let me just. Bro. No, no, I don't want to go down the Trump hole. <laughs> yeah. I just want to <laughs> tell you. I'm telling you at I the think, water cooler. Right. Your boy, your boy, who you went out with last night, ain't talking in politics as much. Was voting for Trump. Now he got 50 plus million votes, and everybody act like I don't know who they are. Yeah, you do. He just didn't tell you who he was. Anyway, Word. Black expression has no boundaries. Is Limitless, like all expression is. Right like to put us into these lanes, stop it, it's mm-hmm. impossible. But it's funny because of our infinite expression, but we don't accept it. I ask you, why do you think they could divide and conquer us? I ask you again, what is infinity divided by two? Anybody go to math class? <laughs> infinity divided by two ain't a damn number. Mm-hmm. It's still infinity. Right. So when y'all come talk to, to me, people about dividing and conquering. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So small and nearsighted. This is something that we need to allow to open up. And not either or. We keep going and. And listen, listen to this. When you make a sacrifice, like any situation, you could think about sacrifice. Like in football, the dude who's running down, busting the wedge, you made a sacrifice. We ain't expecting you to make the tackle, but we got him. That's
0: a hard job, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, I do I, I remember that. wedge buster. Hey. Coach, I remember that. <laughs> man, if you don't go do it, you're not gonna play. All right, man. Right. That's a suicide mission. Right. You're going down that bus with right. you. Right.
1: Right. And it's amazing that sacrifice is not put in perspective when you talk about Kaepernick. There's a net gain that we're trying to get. And I, look, I don't want Cap to lose his job. Is he one of the top 96 quarterbacks or 64 in our league? If you go too deep, hell yes. But was he blackballed? hell no. And I can talk through that later. So the thing is we keep putting these limits and talking Obviously about Not blackball. Oh, you want to go there? Okay. Yeah. We have to understand what blackball means. Blackball, as I see it, conspiracy, you know, the collusion. Let's get behind a closed door. Let's all come to a uniform agreement. All right. Let's, let's really exchange this information about this guy versus an isolated opinion that is carried by all. Think about what I just said, y'all. Sometimes we all just agree, even though we ain't even shared that information. We just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmelo's, is he getting blackballed right now? Some say yes, some say no. I'm going to stick to Kaepernick. When you are in a situation and you have a contract, 2016, he's nilling, and you opt out, one, you opt out. Why do you opt out? I've been in the contract situation before. Why do you opt out? Because they're going to cut me anyway. But why are you opting out? Force their hand. Why are you opt out? Well, because I want another situation. You leave, you leave this situation without a guarantee of another? Interesting. I will force their hand. Leave that alone. That's just one layer of this. So he opts out. Denver was trying to trade for him. He said, yeah, let's do this. Saw the terms. Uh, all these incentives in this two-year, $7 million, I ain't good with that. So San Francisco, you ruined because you opted out. Denver, you didn't want because you didn't like to play for the incentives. Now we're going to go to Seattle. We got Russell Wilson up here, respect. Cap, but can you service this? Can you service him? Get our starter right. Ah, that ain't what I'm built for. Three. Then Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore is reading the public's opinion. Like, they, you know, they have a fan base. They're trying to hear out his land. That's why he couldn't go to Miami. Ask a Cuban about Colin Kaepernick, and they're like, that's why Miami didn't work. Yeah. So you go to the Seattle situation. I'm sorry. You go to the Baltimore situation. Ray Lewis standing up there, trying to go behind closed doors with Steve Biscotti, the owner. Hey, man, I don't know. I know good. I know bad. I don't know the situation. I'm trying to look out for the brother. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bah! bah! Nessa fires off a tweet. Ray Lewis is the coon, the owner hugging him. Slave master, owner, I don't know who he's supposed to be. Django stuff. Four. Four. That you contributed to. Now, it's funny, his, his own mentor, Dr. Harry Edwards, said two things that just... Jumped off the page to me. One, he said to the NFL, do not make this man a martyr. He told Roger Goodell, do not make this man a martyr. Find a way to give him an opportunity. Because if you don't, and if he dies on this cross of kneeling, oh, y'all going y'all gonna to religify this guy and send him into martyrdom. Mm-hmm. It happened. Two, thing, two things. The second thing was, <laughs> he said to Kaepernick and Reed, he said at the bottom, to be the inspiration of a movement doesn't mean you have to be the leader mm-hmm. that's a fire to shot at him too advisor my point is this if you if you leave tmz you just leave and then you got three other entities showing real interest mm-hmm. and you like plop 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 now you jobless and i come through your crib i'm like what a tequila you like man they blackballing me in the industry huh mm-hmm. what just happened bruh yeah. see i'm so invested in this and i tell you from day one when kaepernick kneeled I said to Kelvin Washington, shout out to my boy, as we were hosting our, our radio show, I don't know about this. I asked everybody out there right now. If Antonio Brown wanted to be the leader of a movement about systemic oppression, racial injustice and discrimination and police brutality, would you not sit there and say, hmm, I didn't hate from Hello? I said, let me watch Kaepernick because I knew Kaepernick before, but I don't know him well enough to hate. Right. And I'm sitting there watching. And I'm like, no shot, no, 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 no slander to Antonio Brown, but we all gonna sit there saying, mm-hmm. okay, we are watching. You know, don't forget who Cap was before this. Sure. So I'm respecting this newfound mindset and everything. Happens in the life of everyone. Happened to me, happened to everybody. Yeah. I hope. If not, you Happen ain't evolved in yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm not disqualifying them, but I'm watching. And then, <laughs> what happened was, in that situation, it started to immediately go south. Immediately, but we. Are all blinded by the cause. So we just stopped looking at the character. What's the first thing he did wrong? I tell you. I and I only say it wrong because I gotta be binary, so we ain't gonna spend 20 hours on this. First thing he did was a misstep. He he sat down and then they told him, Can you kneel, the, the, the army veterans and everyone? Can you kneel instead of sit down? All right, so we go there. I got this thing listed because I, I just want to educate. It ain't about how good I look and how real my ego. I just want people to understand that. He wanted to kneel before he was a backup, too. I hate that narrative. Stop. Colin Kaepernick was still a starter. He had like three, four surgeries, lost a ton of weight, and everybody's like, oh, so soon as his career's over, he wants to kneel. No, he was talking about this even when he was the man, but he was going through the rehab. He couldn't fight Blaine Gabbert off, so he missed a lot of time in the offseason, so he kneels. Then he, kneel, he he sits. Then that turns to kneeling requested the trade I talked about. Then you kneeling, what's the second verse? You know what happens to the second verse? Mm-hmm. What was the second verse? Malcolm X shirt with who on it? Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. Now in the media like, wait a minute. Castro has been accused of killing 73,000 people as a, 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 because of their political beliefs. You sure that's who you want to... Day one of your movement, you want to go someone who is so polarizing? He did. Church visit. He had a scheduled church visit and all the, you know, in our hood. Don't. What'd you say about L.A.? It's known to flake, but right. don't flake. Right. Especially if you're the leader of a movement, self-appointed. He ain't even show up at a church. They disappointed. Whatever. Jed York immediately gives him a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin gave a million. Jed York, the owner, gave a million. That's two million dollars. Yes. Jed York sets up privately. A lot of people don't know this. A meeting of all the police chiefs, because this is your cause, right? In the area. After giving a million dollars, Kaepernick show up after saying, yeah, I'm going to be there. Let's set it up. Let's go. Did Kaepernick show up? OK, let this live. I'm going to go through this. Don't interrupt me. Um, the pig socks. I ain't tripping on that, but that's just something to trip over. You got to remember in the NFL worlds and circles and security, all of those guys are like retired FBI, retired police. Like the dude who makes sure that no one robs us when we sleep in our hotel rooms is a police officer or a former police officer or off duty. Mm-hmm. And you go there on them. Now, you're still the leader of a movement that we're trying to fully interpret, and digest, and really activate. But this is what you're doing. Then he goes out there and talks about he doesn't want to vote. Hmm. People fought for our right to vote or not vote. So I'm not tripping on that. But guess what he did? He said that Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. How has that aged? Mm-hmm. Let y'all live. Now he's not leading and speaking because he keeps stepping in it. See, remember, I'm from Black expression that my mom, my grandma said you could question God, baby, mm-hmm. so I could question any man. Right. So he ain't leading, he ain't speaking, opts out the deal, said he ain't gonna kneel anymore, then retracted that, whatever, Mis- misreporting, whatever. Then it started to go sideways. I, y'all would think that's sideways, not for me. I was like. It takes time to learn activism. It takes this is a new world for him. I'm not going to shoot my brother down. but mm-hmm. well, guess what happened then? what? <laughs> oh, the sellouts and the coons and stuff started to come, and like I said with the Ray Lewis and everything. Then it was Malcolm Jenkins. Eric Reed literally fought Malcolm Jenkins on a football field because. Malcolm Jenkins became the leader of the Players Coalition. $89 million. Kaepernick has given one. Jed York has given two. I don't know the rest of their records because they're not public. But I don't think it was $89 million. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So somebody's getting $89 million because of your activation. Kaepernick, come aboard. You know what Kaepernick did? Only if you give me leadership position as a a different division. A coalition with uh, an intra-division? That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then... Your boys, oh, Josh Norman and others are like, Josh Norman told Eric Reed, I'm going to send you a plane ticket. This is brother to brother. So you come out here and I'll whoop your ass for being this damn contentious. We trying to do this. We building off of y'all. And Eric Reed taking it because he won't credit. Kaepernick won't credit. (laughs) What happened to the cause? What happened to the people who are voiceless and powerless now? Mm -hmm. When we could get the and going, the aggregate going. The crazy thing is, when I look at it, and all those entities, and I got more here, but I ain't gonna bore you. Cause then it goes into the Nike deal and it goes into the settlement. The settlement. Mm-hmm. And labor dispute. Oh, oh respect. Back
0: pay for a labor dispute. Ah I'm glad you fell into that hole too. Wasn't a, f- oh, was don't a, a fact. Don't you get defensive with me. I love you too much. It's not it's a fact. Back pay for okay, a labor okay, dispute. Okay, okay. So what what you should ask yourself Ooh. is that what you should ask yourself is that if the NFL, which hadn't done anything, which thirty two owners let's start, let's start there. Mm-hmm. So 32 owners, or X amount of owners, all have the same opinion about Colin Kaepernick, but they don't have the same opinion about guys. Not 32
1: because he eliminated four. Whoever,
0: right. they, but, but there is a the, large. The contention. rest of these guys have yeah. the same opinion about Colin Kaepernick, but they don't. They can't seem to agree about a guy who took a stand for social injustice, but they can't seem to agree about guys who get DUIs. Oh yeah, guys who worse beat crimes the hell than out of, be, beat the hell out of women, murderers, manslaughter. Who who manslaughter all that they can't agree about those guys. Yep. So those owners can't get to a twenty eight thirty two consensus owner thing about those guys, but they can all agree about a black man who stands up for social injustice. That's very telling. Number, number number two. Secondly, if in fact those owners didn't think that they had colluded, they have an infinite amount of money. Why would they ever settle that? Oh, that's easy.
1: Well, wow. I got all right. So, what's the first one? Settlement, and the first one was uh, I want to talk to you about. Well, I know why they settled the NDA. No, no, no.
0: Oh, they oh, about. No, no. They they settled it because they don't want to be deposed, and they don't want those depositions to come out. They don't want the discovery of things that they might have said in emails. Okay. And things they don't. What they really don't want. What the NFL doesn't want right, more right. than anything is for people to know Colin Kaepernick or know Colin Kaepernick. They actually are, mm-hmm. so I know exactly the reason why they settled it. They settled it because of the financial security that Colin might have had with the Nike situation, allowed him to retain Garagos and guys like that mm-hmm. for Garagos. a longer amount of time, right? Yeah, yeah, And and in retaining those guys and giving him the financial push that he needed to fight the NFL, they don't want to be deposed. They don't want to have their emails gone through. They don't want people to know some of the things that they've said. They don't want to have to lie under oath about some of the other stuff that they've oh, said.
1: All true. And, 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 but and, for a different reason. Uh,
0: but for whatever reason. For no, what, no, no. That counts. No, 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 no. For because whatever, that t- that paints how you view this. No, for whatever reason. If oh, the, if oh. the, if it was the, if it if it was that they had to, for if they, if it was because they had said other racist shit. <laughs> in, in anything, I'm serious. They didn't. I wanna, do. They we like, like, not like, like like they they didn't want to be the post. And secondly, as we're talking about things that Colin Kaepernick Mistakes they might, might have made. Okay. Um, if Colin Kaepernick or any activist or anyone, I mean, Malcolm X was silenced by, uh, by Elijah Muhammad for uh, speaking ill at a very sensitive time yeah. about the assassination of JFK. So no man is perfect. In, in what Hell he says no. Or I'm what not even does. going there on them. So, But what, what I would say is this, though. What we leave out about Colin Kaepernick is that he started Know Your Rights Camp, where he Love goes it. all around the country, uh, like talking to children about their rights, and getting oh, married yeah. from all over the place to talk about that. He did d- d- start a one, uh, a $1 million pledge. Uh, he did uh, establish um, initiatives all over the country to, to deal with parolees and cut down on recidivism. He did get a plane to go and aid people in Somalia in their time of need, he has been doing work yep. ever since he was given the platform,
1: and, and Jay Z has done that work and more, and Jay- other. Uh, let me let me Jay Z definitely done it, but when and I, more, but like Jay Z, but we're not adding them up. No, 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 it I'm all not, counts. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. not Jay Z is, and many more have done as Jay- much. Jay Z has
0: done a fantastic job, but what I'm saying is, while we're talking about things that Colin Kaepernick has done wrong, or things that people might have said that Colin Kaepernick has done to hurt himself, what he has tried to do since. What he has tried to do since he's been given this platform is use this platform to affect the lives of people who he cares about and people who he has invested to in the community. He has done that. right, right, and, right. and he has done that, and he's been more than a mouthpiece for it. He's been someone who's actually done action for it. And action so and money, his mouth like, 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 and, and so is hope. What I would say about what the NFL and what Rock Nation have is this. If the NFL wants to give money to... To causes that have to do with social justice that are going to be suggested to them by the players in the league, they don't need Jay-Z for that. Mm -hmm. They can go to the players in the league and ask them, yo, what do you need? And then give it to them. The reason why you involve Hov in that, which is, you guys, if we're being real, is a music and entertainment partnership. Oh yeah. The reason why you involve Hov in that is because he's one of the two guys in America that can make the culture turn the page on Colin Kaepernick. They want to get past it. Yeah. And the reason why they want to get past it, to me, is because they are wrong there's something that is sticking in the craw mm. about the way they treated this particular black man a black man that stood up for other black people what I don't like despite the work that Jay-Z might get done with the NFL what I don't like is time the white American power structure the status quo can use a black man to erase another one and that has been something that has been happening here since the country was founded on the backs of our ancestors, and it's something that we have to fucking stop letting them do. Okay, I want
1: you to stay objective as much as you can, as as much as I can, because if you were a judge in a courtroom right now, uh, you can't come in with bias. You're not supposed to. You're a human being. I get it. Mm-hmm. But to judge with bias. Oh, I just saw this happen before. As you say, historically, this happens. Let's judge this case by its merits and only this case. You can't get away from America's history. I'm not. If we're talking I'm about not, race and class, I just, Macellus, I just can't get want get away to start America's micro history. before we go macro. Can we do that? We'll try. We, we've we'll been try. to cl- yeah. we, You went to school with me. I All right, let's go here. Back pay, you started off all this for back pay. I, I take notes, I'm a nerd, I love this. And right. I'm, I'm a typing champion too, so I could do it and look at <laughs> you. Got you, little nerd. Back pay, think about it. You, in your eyes, they're colluding, they're blackballing me. Back pay, just stick with the lens of back pay. I'm suing for my back pay. Do you have a job yet? No. So I ask you, why are you suing for back pay right now? if you haven't even gotten the full accruement of what your back pay is. If I'm out of the league for now it's three, four years, going on three years to four years, I'm waiting a duration to get the maximum of that which is accrued. Mm-hmm. Who sues for back pay when they are cutting off their nose in an attempt to sue for back pay? Cats still ain't in the league. That back pay is still growing, but he already sued for oh, it. They're gonna sue again. Okay, respect. Man, look, if something, if it doesn't, I don't go know right, if double jeopardy counts in this situation. Or no, not. it doesn't.
0: I mean, I, no, so, I, can't, so, I can't say for certain. Right, they're let's sue be again, careful here. But I, but I have a strong feeling that if things don't go right, that this suit will be brought back. Okay,
1: but I'm just pushing back to say, ain't it interesting that the homies say, man, I'm suing, I'm suing Target, man. They let me off for back pay, and they all colluding and stuff. And you like, all right. Why are you suing right now, No, Because you still ain't got a gig. So why don't you get your gig first, and then you can add up exactly what back pay really means because you have a start and ending. Then sue. You get the most. Well, they control
0: when, they, when you get hired, though. So how can you do that? Because you get never get hired.
1: Well, get, well we already went get, into
0: the hiring but I'm part. I'm saying if you never get on the team, then you can never sue. So but, no, no, no. It.
1: You wait to the statute of li- uh, stipulations and limitations, statute
0: of limitations no, But by your, by, by, your, by, by your rationale, if he waits till he's back into the league to launch the lawsuit, there's no guarantee that he'll ever be back in the league. So he right. might be sitting on a lawsuit in perpetuity. I'm not thinking for cap. I just thought that was
1: peculiar. I thought that was interesting when I still got time to add this up. But you got sue when, when,
0: when you think you you're when You
1: don't wrong. sue the day one.
0: I know he didn't. What's back pay day one? Well, he why didn't you sue day one? Well, well he, he he didn't sue day one because there wouldn't have been enough evidence of collusion because it wouldn't have drunk on long enough. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, after a couple of years, and Nathan Peterman throws nine interceptions in fifteen seconds, <laughs> and you start to look at <laughs> things and go, you start to look at things and go, there's something going on here. Once you have sort of an evidentiary thing there after a while, I get it. You go. This looks bad. Let me see I what respect his
1: position in doing it, but I thought that was a little interesting. I, me personally, if I had the dough, because you ain't got enough dough to ever fight the NFL, so let's not act like he was waiting to get his big bank up to their big bank. No. So you pick a point where you're like, enough evidence, and I want to sue for back pay, but back pay is still growing. Leave that alone. Now we talk about why did the NFL settle. Can we still like talk to people and under... Educate them to the understanding that when you settle, it doesn't, it's not an admission of guilt. Sure it's not. So when everyone's saying the NFL doesn't want to get deposed, you're damn right. It could have been about the turf. It could be about a lot of situations. It could be about player safety. NFL settled on player safety. They settled on the medical issues and head trauma because, as you were, I've been in this position before. I, I got sued by this gardener, dude, in Buffalo because he planted tropical flowers in Buffalo in the winter. Sue me for a, a G. And sue me, no, sue me for 1500 I said, my lawyer's gonna re- retain this for five G's, so guess what? Take the settle. Money. Take a thousand, get out my face, and I'm he about was to like, i sue you
0: $4,000. You can have it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can have it. Right. But my point was this people always think that since you settle, oh, what you gotta hide. It's amazing we look at things by, if you ask somebody why, and if they ain't got nothing to hide or protect, they like, they answer, matter of fact. But if you ask somebody who got something to hide and protect, why? Oh, guilty. The NFL got so much. They made $15 billion last year. You think they want to open up a can of worms and discovery, no matter what the issue is, in terms of you
0: knowing their books and their agendas, the good, bad, or ugly? Post the timing of the settlement, post-Nike deal, makes me think yeah. that the NFL understood that it would be a longer process to drown Colin Kaepernick financially mm-hmm. than they thought that it would be. Oh, yeah. And so, and oh, so yeah. because of that. It was a that, tougher
1: fight than they thought. Right. Hell be, yeah. be,
0: because of that and the fact that they didn't want to be deposed and all these things, they, they, they decided it would be better off to settle. Do I know for a fact that there was some kind of smoking gun to co- collusion? No.
1: No. There probably wasn't. That's, that's nearly impossible there, there, to find, there, usually. There
0: probably wasn't. Usually. But what I do know is that at some point these guys decided it's better if they don't know what it is that we're thinking, and so maybe not on this issue is maybe, all I'm saying. But maybe not on this issue, or maybe, or maybe because maybe on a maybe on a litany of issues. Right. So, so they got other lawsuits going this, on at the same time. This, bro. this is my whole point. All right. And it's good that we're talking about this as in depth as we are. Thank you. And, and, and I, that's but, what I want. But but th- th- this is what I'm. Th- this is my thing. What I'm ask. What I'm gonna ask you right now. All right. Is very simple because you're. You're a heady brother. You're a good brother. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about you.
1: Oh, like, you ain't been checking the last week or two. <laughs>
0: like, you're, you're, you're a good brother. hmm Do you believe that what Colin Kaepernick did, looking at his world and trying to uh, affect it to minimize um, systemic oppression, uh, police brutality... Don't you think he did the right thing? Do you think he did the right thing?
1: In everything he's done, every step of the way from not the first nil. No, I'm just saying in totality. Talking about in totality. I'm not going to go micro. Um, in totality. In totality.
0: Like,
1: no. I'll tell you no, and I'll tell you why.
0: So you don't think Colin Kaepernick did the right thing?
1: No. Um, there's a, there's a, here's, a, here's why. When you're at the lowest rung... Designated by society when you had no choice when you're black and poor and in the ghetto. That's what this world has made the epicenter of Hell like anywhere in this world you go there black poor ghetto especially in America whew, They they, they had, you're under a full attack you get out it, it, You're never going to escape the race conversation, but if you can change condition you can change things Why did I if I had to vote Kaepernick did right or did wrong? I would vote wrong because I I'm into resources. I'm into materializing. I'm into monetizing. He's done tremendous. Two million that I know of and probably millions more. But then I watched J.J. Watt. Different cause, different reason. Just instead of being adversarial, and it's a different cause, so it's tough to be adversarial with hurricane relief. But in alliance, guess what he raised? 41.6 million on record. Two million on record. 41.6 41.6 million Dude, but, but, No 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 jealous. don't do, don't do me like that But the bro
0: the Don't do me like Cause that. is so JJ Watt this is a black I'm man up about, black I'm not even talking about I'm not going black
1: and white I'm just going first if we're going to get some measurables out of this You can't but the, the two I'm not aren't. done okay, I love you it.
0: too yeah, So
1: so so look I'm thinking like that's interesting I'm not even compare JJ Watt and all that I just like when he had everyone either loving him for the cause or loving to hate him because they was against the cause you got him. You Floyd Mayweather. You Money Mayweather. That's, that's why he's the highest paid athlete, because he he's either loving him or loving to hate him. Mm-hmm. Polarizing. Kaepernick had that. And he's winning every award and he's on everything. And then he gets silent. My little joke is, like, bad boys move in silence. Mm-hmm. And bad leaders. Michael Eric Dyson said, you need two people in any protest. Somebody outside agitating and somebody inside activating. Mm-hmm. Ha! We got Hove inside activating. We got him outside agitating. We should be pumped. But we not because we choose Because Kaepernick and his camp has made us choose. When the cause is getting
0: lost in that choice. Here's my thing. Why all I, I would say is those okay. those guys the guy outside and the guy inside they need to be on code. They to be on code. They need to be on code. That's all I would say. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say I would say that if you're gonna if you're gonna if like the guy inside if the guy outside and the guy inside aren't on code, mm-hmm. then one can be played against the other one. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I, I get what you're saying. Cap went silent but he never stopped doing work. Now you hear my point.
1: I have a foundation. People, people coming at me so sideways, I just laugh because they, I tell you that reason. Long story short, this guy got off a plane that he was a hostage, Stockholm syndrome going on, the, the airline flight attendants, intimate, mentally at least, with the, 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 the guys with the guns. and all. He walks off the gun. He walks off the plane. And they're like, Interviewing him. Were you scared? Crazy. Shook. Like You know, people walking through here with guns and stuff. Oh, my God. You know what he said? I've been scared. If you know what he meant and what he said was, I went through the Holocaust. Now, I so can't be scared. I, I used up all my scared. Use them. Me too. So when I use up all my scared, then I could really clearly see what your intentions and what you're really here for. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick in this situation, why I vote wrong is because I have a foundation. I won man of the year, Walter Payton, NFL, three times for my squads. Three times. And you know what I didn't do? I kept working, and I still do work. But I'm not going to stand up with that responsibility and connect with the voiceless and powerless and then go silent on them, even if I'm still working. Because that's a responsibility that comes from when you take that knee. Now it's time to take a stand. Everybody has to join in. And that's why I kept silent. But I was leaking because I was like, that's a huge responsibility. You know I me. Mean? So many dudes I know that go to their camps. They have their foundations. They give them millions of dollars. Let's not act like Kaepernick didn't want to be more than that. He did. But when you are supposed to be more than that, you have to be all of that. And he didn't. He let, he let that go short. I don't like to compare him against J.J. Watt, Jay-Z, me, anybody. But if I say, damn, I've been able to do X, and I've been doing that in silence relative to what he did, mm-hmm. And you
0: only did X plus? Huh? You, I, I just think it's so... That's my issue. I know it's so unfair to compare what a lily white white boy does after a hurricane to a black man that's trying to get America... Go to, to Jay-Z look at Z themself, then. To a black man that's trying to get America to look at themselves in the mirror and address the way they're treating I'm the people... I'm just talking about activation and an have, alliance. ...that they have historically stripped of their humanity. And the fact that the, 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 the times that this happened in... Listen, this is what I will say. Me and Marcellus disagree about this. <laughs> we agree on the hot dogs. Uh, we agree on a great... <laughs> the battery's many, going dead now. No, we agree <laughs> on a great many other things. Actually, I don't even know if the battery's going dead. John's back there. We agree <laughs> on a great many other things. This, this is what I'll tell you. Mm. We are going to leave this conversation in disagreement, mm-hmm. but in not in, uh, like, discord. Oh. Or in... in, in, in we're not going to, like... You know what I'm saying? like.
1: That's how they roll, though. I mean, look, I know th- I know other people out there will. I'm never that way. I don't shoot at you like that. I just like, look, my biggest problem with Cap is that he ain't if he ain't sticking up for himself and silencing all this, then why should I keep doing your works? But do those works in a manner that didn't need all of these people attaching their hearts and minds to you. And then it feels like what's next. And no one has that answer. You know, when you're in turbulence on a plane, what calms you? This is your captain speaking.
0: Everything's okay up here.
1: But if you don't hear that from your captain, you know what you're thinking.
0: Woo! Nah, I man, that listen, I'm telling you on that. Woo! That's the best point. Woo! That's the best point that you made today. Woo! The best point is as soon as the plane <laughs> wobbles a little bit, I need you, nigga, on. <laughs> get on the little mic and tell me, right. like, cause, cause they'll even tell you sometimes before. Hey, just let you guys know, it's gonna right. be a little bumpy right here. They'll right. We gotta turn off this. Come on, service. man. But if he even just starts shaking. And I don't hear you nothing. You don't hear anything. And you see the flight attendant running for the seat, you think we're about to go on in, baby. You mm. think it's been fun. Hey, the white person that we have left, clap for this brother myself. <laughs> they brother.
1: all gone. They're like, hey, I'm out of here. We, we did this for a while. Dividing our country. Great. All right, so
0: tell them about everything that you got coming up, bro, and everything that you got going on.
1: Oh, man. Um, I'm going to speak for yourself every day, noon Pacific to 1:30 with Jason Whitlock. Uh, your boys in the community, uh, got a few events coming up. Check out MarcellusWally.com. You you,
0: before, we, before we move on, mm. because I, I want to say this. Say it. Before I- we move on, there are going to be people that are going to divide this up, right? As they should. There are going to be people that are going to uh, be on both sides of this. I don't want you to just say what you just said. Before we move on, I want you to tell people, because around here in, the, in Los Angeles, it's evident and it's obvious, and we all know it. I disagree with you vehemently on the Kaepernick situation, but I want you to tell people how much you do Mm. for the community Mm. in Los Angeles before Mm. we move off of this. Because Mm. if you're here, you know what's going on in these different places. You know what the brother's putting in this community. And even if you came into this thinking about it one way, you know that this guy is walking it and talking it, and I want you. I I, I never do this. I want you to tell people yeah. some of the stuff that 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 you do, so they know that even though we're disagreeing, even though they might disagree, right? That people's lives are being made better uh, because you made all that motherfucking money. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's that <laughs> Boy, I'm still broke, <laughs> <laughs> nobody going to my damn foundation. Right. <laughs> um, let me say this. Man, I had a moment, a full-circle moment. I've had two, one on the football field. I, I grew up a John Elway fan, man, and my mama was like, you ain't buying no damn Foot Locker jersey for that, 79 99 Number seven, Elway. My first game in the NFL was against the Denver Broncos, Mile High Stadium. I'm at the 50-yard line, not warming up because I'm a backup, and Bruce Smith is out there getting it. And I turn around, and I look, and right behind me, three feet, maybe that, John Elway, not Foot Locker jersey. The man. Mm-hmm. Full circle in that way. In the community, off the field, I full circle, man. Uh, Grand Marshal of Compton last year, which really hit home because that, that, that parade started across the street from the Compton Cemetery where I got a lot of family buried in there. What? And, I mean, it brought me to oh, tears to look and say, damn, they, the, their little teddy bear, that's what they call me, is right here in front of them trying to live through them in this existence to help others. I'm all about the fork in the road, dude and gal. I'm all about, because I was that close, man. I could have got sniped out. The conditions could have ate me alive. I could have not been aspirational as I was. Whatever it is that is feeling the full weight of this, I could have lost. And it's been a win so far in, in summation. And I want everybody to sit there and have that same empowerment that don't look at circumstances. Don't look at what everyone says your expectations are or should be. That really just tap into themselves, into their essence, and makes the best of their life. It makes their, their dream a reality. So what am I doing? I'm doing that everywhere, Uh, whether I'm working with PCA and the Positive Coaches Alliance, grabbing all these athletes and making them think greater than the game. If I'm doing that with my project transition, my foundation, if I'm doing that with LA 84, if I'm doing that with Compton and always out there with Asia Brown and others, uh, Venus and Serena, Master P, all of us, I'm not into this whole I got to move in silence and no receipts, but if I ever stand up and say, look at me, It's going to be something to look at, and I'm never going to sit back down. And that's where I am with all this situation. Respect. Let's stop sniping each other unless it's to build. And if the spirit of Nessa, Eric Reed to me, is not in building, it's in sniping. I don't buy that. They
0: built. I love you, Nessa. I love you. Tell
1: Nessa one thing for me. What, What? She might be deep in the game. She got the rules missing.
0: Man, get the hell out of here. Nessa, (laughs) I love you. Colin, I love you. Eric Reid, I especially love you because you from LSU. Shout out to LSU. Oh, okay. Uh, Marcellus Waddle, we out. When you going to win the national championship? (laughs)